P-A-S-C-A-L We're now rocking with that dude Pascal We be going wild Haitian in the building So, so, so original Got the haters catching feelings Get your hands up to the ceiling And keep them held high Cause only this is ready Forget about it, goodbye Heard the preacher saying hi Five somebody rise up Weekdays catch us live Somebody let's go morning everybody i hope you guys are doing well you know what i'm saying i hope everybody's doing well out there it is uh a monday i don't know if you it, i'm sorry i'm adjusting I'm this camera because this camera just lost its damn mind went completely rogue on me for some weird reason anyway i'm hoping you guys are having a wonderful and fantastic monday i hope your weekend was fantastic uh got everything you i hope you got to get a chance to relax do what you needed to do. Maybe the uh, honey-do list got taken care of, fellas. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know what I mean? A little bit. You know, maybe you got to chisel some of that stuff off the list today. Um, you know, my week was... Um, my week has been uh, good. Absolutely good. You know what I mean? You still have the intro audio running. I don't know what that means. Um, hmm. Let me let me check that. Whenever somebody says something like that, um, makes you makes you wonder. Um, <laughs> so you always got to do that recon work and see exactly what Tanovane is talking about. But anyway, uh, as I was saying, I hope you guys are having a wonderful one, a fantastic one. While I'm looking this thing up or checking in on things, um, you know, I, I don't want to jump into anything too hardcore as of yet. Let me just see what is going on for just to see what is going on here anything too hardcore as of yet let me just see okay what is going on looks like everything's still running thank you for the heads up uh whether okay i guess it stopped whatever it was it's over now you know what i'm saying um so thank you guys thank you for the uh the heads up and everything anyway moving on i hope you guys are having a fantastic one hopefully it's everything that you expected it to be and more today all right it is monday y'all it's time to wake your ass up it's time to wake up y'all it's monday it's time to get things moving time to motivate and do something amazing today all right. Today is another day and another chance to turn everything all around. If you feel like you're in a rut, remember, today is another day to just kick the sadness and depression and the bad things in the butt and start off the week on a good, fantastic note. I got my boy Tommy Boy in the house. What a guan, Tommy Boy. Hey, how's it going? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I don't know where Jack is, to be really honest. Real, real quick. I don't know what happened to him. He's in the he's in the combo. He's in the chat down below. I don't know where he is, but hopefully he'll be hopping on here very, very soon. But hey, man, sorry to interrupt you. But uh, how are you doing, my brother? How's how was your weekend? Was it productive? Uh, no, <laughs> but it was relaxing. Yeah, it, it wasn't productive. It. Damn, bro. Why wasn't it productive? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I did some dishes because it's the weekend. You're supposed to relax on oh, the weekend. Okay. Only sociopaths and crazy people do stuff on the weekend. Oh wow! Uh, then I must <laughs> be insane. Then it's I... the weekend. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? What? Oh yeah, Here, I go to my job on my weekend. I'm gonna put in 100 hours a day. I'm like, no, it's the weekend. I'm taking a nap. Right on. Screw it. <laughs> right on. It looks like uh, he's trying to call. You know right what? On. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to hang up with you and try to make this conversation happen again. I will, uh, I'll call you right back. Hold on, brother. 
He got to make he, he got to make it difficult all the damn time. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's try this again. Boom. And then. Uh, but anyway, if you guys are having a wonderful day, please definitely comment down below and let us know if you're having a good day. Comment down below. Please, please, please. Would love to know that you guys are doing a fan having a fantastic day. Uh, you know, I guess I'm a sociopath. Because I had a very, very productive weekend. A lot of things that I, I did a lot of stuff this weekend, did a lot of things. There was a lot of things going on. Got a chance to check out the uh, the UFC fights this weekend. Got to go and hang out with some people, go and see those things, which was really, really nice. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, mm -hmm. I was very happy about that. Actually, I'm going to try something here real quick, see what this is all about. Ooh, this might be something interesting. I might have to try this in a, in a, in a little while, in a little while. Anyway, um, that's kind of cool. Sorry. I'm just learning something new off of Skype <laughs> live on the show. Anyway, the fellas are in the house. What's up, man? Nice background. Jackie boy. What's man, up? This new Skype. I didn't even get a call from you guys first. I called you. Hmm. I called you. I, I ain't lying, bro. I called you. I called your ass. I called <laughs> your ass. All right. Um, uh, but, you know, so I appreciate you calling back. Nice background. Ooh, did you guys move? Yeah, Ooh. whose house is that? No kidding. <laughs> did you guys move or something? Damn. Uh, thanks to Skype. Y'all moving up? <laughs> Y'all moving up in the world. Hey, no. See, Skype has been making the money. It's They've been securing the bags since this whole quarantine, since this whole shutdown and all that. I guarantee you they're going, oh, well, people are actually using our ish. Let's 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 zhuzh it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Let's sprinkle some crack on it and see what we can do with it. So now they're doing some more with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, crack in a good way. I mean, crack in a good way. <laughs> There's good crack out there in the world. Apparently there's gotta be, it's called yeah. meth. No, it's not. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. I digress. How are you, Jackie? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Spent a lot of time outside uh, in the heat over the weekend, mm, and, oh. uh, and I am I am feeling it today. I got a nice little uh, sun tannish burn going on, Ooh. so that's always always fun. But uh, yeah, you know, just doing that as you said, the honey do list, the know? honey do list. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and now, now apparently, you must be a psychopath or a sociopath, according to Tom. You must yeah. be one because you were working so much this weekend. So yeah. psychopath. I agree. Or a workaholic. Hey, I, I did the dishes. I cleaned the kitty litter. I took out the trash. That's enough for a weekend. Yeah, that's basics. enough. That's good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, that's good. Basic, basic, you know, lowering basic of bar housework. That is what weekends are for. <laughs> basic Tommy boy. Just basic yeah. Tommy boy. Hey, I did what I needed to do. You know, I, I, uh, yeah. the house know. doesn't smell like crap anymore. Exactly. I've done what I need to do. Exactly. <laughs> so, very, very broad strokes. You know, no yeah. finite details, just broad strokes. You know, at least you don't have right. that mildewy smell in the bat in the in the kitchen no more. You feel me? Oh, that's uh, that that never goes away. Oh, yeah. so I feel you. That, that's always there. It's, <laughs> it's that one rag you won't you refuse to throw away. It's that one <laughs> rag, that multi-purpose rag that you use for everything except for handling like hot plates and stuff. It's that one that's just in the corner somewhere. 
Hey, I used to be a hey, I used to live as a bachelor as well. So I know this I know the story, y'all. Don't you, Jack has given me the crazy look like what the hell is wrong with you? And I know exactly what you know exactly what I'm talking about, bruh. Before there was females in your life. Belly. You're not supposed to tell everybody about that towel. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's the one towel. You know what I'm saying? It's in the corner. You use it for everything, the messes, the mixes, you know, whenever you have to deal with like bleach or any type of strong type of uh, uh, detergent of any sort it is there for everything except when you have to wash dishes or when you gotta you know mess with food it's there for everything else but it always <laughs> smells like ass you know what i mean cat food and ass <laughs> no one's with me none of y'all with me damn okay that's fine that's fine Hey, I used to be a bachelor. I know what it's all about, you know, and usually it's like some old T-shirt. <laughs> I'm being real. It's usually an old T-shirt or it's a it's a uh, a bathroom towel that just happened to get ruined one day in, in the uh, in the wash. So you're just like, F it. I'm just going to use it for m miscellaneous. It's your miscellaneous towel. Like I said, miscellaneous. <laughs> OK, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. We're on the same page. Okay, I'm just saying. You don't act like I'm freaking crazy here. Okay, we all been there. Okay, you know for a fact Tom still got one in the corner somewhere in that in, in under his sink somewhere. I'm sure. Just chilling. Got a few. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The defense rests. Perry Mason. <laughs> okay. Anyway, nobody. Perry Mel Perry Mason. Come on now. They're Nobody. Reboot of that, aren't they? They did. Yeah. Yeah. It's on HBO now. Uh, I haven't seen the show yet, so I, 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 I couldn't tell you. You know what I'm saying? In ways who I plays wish Perry I knew. Mason in that? Uh, the guy, um, uh, the, the guy who is uh, the show, The Americans, uh, um, the main guy, the main character, the main dude. I forgot. It's, it's like Matthew Rice or Ma something like that. Hmm. He's like actually Scottish in real life or something crazy like that. And uh, really talented dude. So, uh, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I know I that. Okay. It. Yeah. What? Matthew Reese or whatever. Or? Something like that. Re Rice, yeah. Reese, whatever. R-H-Y-S. Something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I have that in the back of my head, but I do. It's because I saw Ford V Ferrari last night and it's on HBO and they had a trailer for Perry Mason before it. And I was like, oh, the dude from that dude that's always disguised as other dudes on The American. Ah, so in other words, mm -hmm. they took like a prequel, like his life, Perry Mason's life before he becomes Perry Mason, if you will. Uh, and they put it on HBO. So, you know, for a fact, there's going to be a lot more boobs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it crime and boobs in the 30s that's all mm. crimes and boobs you know what i'm saying are you saying are you saying boots with a t no boobies boobs oh. boobs you oh, know okay. the the um the the mammaries mm. you know what i mean They'll probably be boots too probably apparently mason didn't he wear boots like cowboy boots no he did not uh -huh. No, he, he also didn't. had kind of. He was a larger like man. He had he had boobs also. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr had some boobs. 
Memories. Okay. Uh, Why well, I watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> only for the man boobs. See what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> anyway, so apparently I heard it's, it's pretty decent, but that's something to look at. Anyway, we got a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things happened this weekend. We do have something that I'm bringing back to the show because, you know, we got a solid family now. We got solid people that come in and call in and are a part of the show. So at 10 o'clock, there's a new segment. Actually, it's not a new segment. It's an old segment, but I'm bringing it, I'm implementing it back into the show where we get a chance for you guys who are commenting, chatting, and being a part of the conversation down below. You guys get to actually call in and be a part of the discussion with me, Jack, and Tom. And it is our Let's Talk segment. We are going to be starting to do this from now on, starting at 10 a.m., where we open up the phone lines. Now, the question of the day that we're going to have at 10 o'clock is, what are your thoughts on schools opening right now during the pan during this pandemic do you think that schools are ready to comfortably open their their schools up for students to be in during this pandemic so just have that in the back of your mind i'm going to explain kind of the guidelines and the rules of this next of the let's talk segment uh but the phone lines will be open at the 10 o'clock hour all right. So I just wanted to give you guys a fair heads up. It gives you an opportunity for you to think about it for the next 35 minutes or so. And then you get to call us at 314-766-4581. And you get to drop a dime and let us know what you think in regards to that and be a part of our roundtable discussion. Anyway, we do have a lot of things going on. Good morning to everyone real quick. Phoebe Snow, good morning. Um, Let's see, uh, Aaron uh, Ollendorf, thank you so much for commenting. Uh, she, she, uh, they said they love the show, uh, and they're commenting from Facebook. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, good morning, Mr. Super. Good morning, James. Tano Vane, good morning. Uh, good morning. Where did she go? Where did she go? Uh, good morning, Jack Buck. <laughs> what do you get? Hello. <laughs> What do you, what, why don't eggs don't tell jokes? Um, anyway, <laughs> just throwing shade because I can. Um, I just, I just missed. Oh, over 50 and fantabulous. Good morning, sweetheart. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good morning, Enemy Nation. Good morning, Mr. T12. Everyone's starting to file in. Like I said, we're going to be doing a Let's Talk segment here at 10 o'clock. OK, so that gives you an opportunity to call in, be a part of the discussion and drop a dime and just speak on what we got going on. So anyway, let's move on to one of our top stories. And it's unfortunate that we're actually talking about this. Um, it's one of our top stories here. But uh, actress Kelly Preston uh, has died at the age of 57 after a long battle with breast cancer. Um, now, if you don't know who she is, she's been in a bunch of hit movies like Jerry Maguire, Twins, uh, Battlefield Earth. Well, let's just, that's not a hit movie, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad, meatloaf. Um, so, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Um, but I, all I can say is that I feel so sorry. I feel so bad for for John Travolta right now, because I know just a few years ago he lost uh, his son 
And now he's dealing with the death of his wife, who has been, I guess, battling breast cancer for the past two years, kind of under the radar. It it seems like at least I didn't know that she was battling breast cancer. And now uh, she's she lost uh, to the she she died during uh, due to the uh, causes uh, uh, of breast cancer. And I just I, I guess I feel. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family for sure, but at the same time, my heart and thoughts and prayers go out to John Travolta as well. I can only imagine what he's going through right now. I mean, that is just a such a blow, such a heavy blow. One, to bury your own son, and then only a few years later, to bury your own wife, the love of your life. It must, uh, man, I can only, I can only imagine where, where he's where, what he's going through right now. Um, so my thoughts and prayers go to him for sure. Um, but like I said, she was in a lot of really amazing shows, really amazing movies, and uh, she'll be she'll be missed for sure. Fellas. Man. <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah, too bad. Feel for his family. Um, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see celebrities that are in people's, like, daily lives, right? And then all of a sudden they kind of drop out of the news. Either you wonder, oh, they had a mental break or uh, or they have something personal that's going on like this. And so, yeah, this is like a, what, a two-year um, a two year battle that was uh, pretty intense, it looks like. So, um, yeah. And yeah. So they were part of... Uh, yeah, they, they part of Church of Scientology. Yeah, Church of Scientology. And they, said, and they said the church never left our sides for two years. Now, I don't know if I would have made it through without their support. Now, let me, let me ask you something, because I don't really know a whole lot about the Scientology world, except for that there's a lot of super, there's a lot of uh, movie stars that are part of it. Obviously, Tom Cruise is a heavy, is heavy in that religion. Um, but my, my question is, like, are they the ones and I, I mean, obviously I want to say I'm saying this very in a very ignorant way. So please just roll with me on this, guys. Uh, but isn't that the, the world of like they don't believe in medication? Am I correct on that? They don't believe in any type of medication. They don't believe in like psychology. I think they do believe in medication. Uh, they don't okay. believe in uh, psychology, psychiatry, though. But I, I do believe they believe in modern medicine. It's okay. just they, they don't believe in. Yeah. Okay, cool. Psychology, I believe. Okay. Now, let's see here. Do, do Scientologists use medical doctors? Yes, Scientologists seek conventional medical treatment for illnesses and injuries, use prescription drugs when physically ill, and also rely on the advice and treatment of physicians. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but that's. Um, but I don't know what their views are on like heaven and hell and... Uh, and, and all that type of stuff. So, and you know, I don't know how they do the the burials and uh, and things like that too. So it, it's interesting to see the different practices. Obviously, they come into our daily, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to their family, I hope everything can be you know taken care of swiftly and uh, that they can process everything in due time. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Thoughts, prayers. I mean, it's 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 terrible. And, and like I said, no matter where what you think, your opinion, like whatever your opinions are about John Travolta, um, 
what whatever your thoughts are, still no matter what, it's still terrible losing someone oh. I love. You know, it's still seeing someone like that, seeing someone you love leave in such a way is just a a terrible thing. And so I can only imagine that uh, I can only imagine what he's going through right now. You know, it must be really tough times for him. Real talk. So, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him for sure. Um, anyway, moving on, um, we got some other things we got to talk about, obviously. Um, so something a little bit more on the light side. There is a Nintendo video game that is right now getting uh, a lot of uh, a lot of attention for a very very good reason uh tommy boy what what's up with this man yeah uh over the weekend a mint condition copy of the original super mario brothers for the original nintendo entertainment system was sold at auction for a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars <laughs> it's the record what? it may be a record for the most expensive video game it's it's certainly the most expensive video game this particular auction house had ever sold off. But uh, I believe it might be the most expensive video game ever sold off. But, I mean, how many of us had Super Mario Brothers growing up? Had that game? Right. Word. Like, at, at one point, all of us held a mint condition Super Mario Brothers in our hands and then ripped it apart to get to the game inside. Right. And, yeah, it's just something interesting to think about. Uh, a hmm. mint. This was one of the. I think I read somewhere. This is one of the first uh, Nintendo games that was sold in cellophane. I think when they first came to market, they weren't wrapping the games in cellophane, and this is one of the first ones that was wrapped in cellophane. So it's perfectly mint condition. You know, just like it would have appeared on the store shelves in what 1985 when right. it came out. And yeah, hundred and fourteen thousand dollars to an anonymous bidder at a at a Dallas auction. So you're telling me, so you're telling me that this, whoever this person is, bought the video game, the cartridge, yep. did not open it for years and years and years, left it in its original packaging, and mm -hmm. now is selling it for $114,000. Am yeah. I correct? So this, that is right. Wh what kind of kid, what kind of kid? <laughs> I'm just saying, what kind of kid is like is like that that would sit there and go, you know what? This is going to be a collector's item at some point in my life. I mean, depending how old do you know how old the dude is or the person is that actually owns? No, and I I don't know how many times this game has changed hands, and I don't know who it initially came from, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I I just can't imagine like as a kid that would be a weird ultimatum to be given on like Christmas Day is like. Now, if you don't open this and set it aside in, you know, 35 years, this will be worth $114,000. You know, I don't know. I might have. I, I used to collect baseball cards as a kid. That was my thing. They're all completely worthless now. I mean, yeah. they, they work as, you know, they're kindling. That's about it. Man. But my baseball cards are worthless. I should have been just not playing my video games and setting them aside. <laughs> no kidding. But then you, then what's the point of having a childhood then? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then you have no joys of childhood. I, re I remember playing Super Mario yeah. as a kid. I mean, I would hate to be like, oh, I got it, but I'm going to hold on to it so I don't, so I can make a million dollars later. <laughs> no, I'm going to rip that mug open and go, oh my God, that's just me though. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it just takes a, a certain, that's some discipline. Unless you yeah. got somebody who's been, who got both, like who got two of them. 
So I'm right. talking like two copies randomly. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this one. I'm going to play this one, but I'm going to hold on to this one and see what happens. You see what I'm saying? Because, yeah, I get it. A lot of things, a lot of old stuff can be collector's items. But if you are a kid and you received it as a kid, you for sure are ripping that mug open to play it. Right. <laughs> you know, why torture yourself? Right. It's like the aunt and the uncle. Aunt gets you one. The uncle gets you one. The mom throws the extra one in the closet and it sits there for 40 years. Right. No and big deal. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> just, just sitting there for 30 some odd years. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Legend has it. Wow. But legend says that even the guy who bought that mint condition one still has to blow in it to make it work. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, were, they were talking about, you know, they, they had, it was like all video game auctions at this uh, auction house over the weekend. Mike Tyson's punch out was another one that was sold. Bruh. It's a copy of Mike Tyson's punch out was sold for $50,000. Fifty, $50,000? $50, $50, $50, for Mike Tyson's punch out. I think. Fudge. Yep. That's stupid. <laughs> and I, I mean, how much did those go for back in the 80s? They were like 70 bucks a pop or something. And now <laughs> they're worth, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think there was, I read somewhere else, not in the article we're looking at here, but there was also a, um, whatever Sega was planning for their follow-up to the Sega Saturn, they had a prototype of it. They sold that at the auction as well. That sold for a ton of money. Of course but it did. I guess there are a lot of these, you know, tech billionaires and tech millionaires that are starting up and, you know, these video games are probably wow. a huge part of their childhood. They're going for huge amounts of money now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I sure wish I had set aside one of, I have two copies of super Mario brothers. I still do to this day sitting over on my shelf. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait. And I just left one of them in the packaging. I, you know, you still have a, a, you, a Nintendo, a working Nintendo. Uh, kind of working. It's in my closet right now. It probably could use a good cleaning and maybe some of the chip, you know, pin connectors need to be tightened up a little bit. But yeah, yeah on it kind of does. Wow. Wow. You know, I need a I need a that's the thing. I would I would look for a, a, you know, like an old Sega or an old Nintendo. I don't have mm. a, I don't have a PS4. I don't have Xbox. I don't have any. I'm not a gamer. I'm just not. But yeah. something I would love to be able to pull up a Nintendo every once in a while or, you know, a Sega every once in a while. Because Sega was really my jam. Sega yeah. was my jam. I mean, Aladdin, Sega. E uh, Egg, uh, Echo, uh, um, uh, mm -hmm. the Lion King game was tough as oh, hell, that man. That was a <laughs> great game. You know, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, all the good ones were on Sega. For me, at least in my personal opinion, um, but mm -hmm. I wasn't somebody who sat there and who could play video games for hours. I got really bored really, really fast, and I hated losing all the time. It was annoying. So I was just like, eh, you know, all right, it was cool, but ABB, ABB, uh, up, down, like, uh, mm, you know, I'd rather go climb trees and ride a bike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's just me, though. That was me yeah. as a kid, you know? Well, you know, one thing I did a couple of years ago that was uh, really easy was, uh, you remember the Nintendo Wii console? The Wii? Yeah. They, uh, you can hack that. You can easily hack that system to play all the old video games from Atari, Nintendo, Sega, all of those. Even some old arcade games. You can uh, easily hack a Wii to play those old games. So that's why my original Nintendo is sitting in the closet right now is because my Wii... Uh, plays them much better. 
Really? Okay. Well, yeah. see, see the, the, you know, see, that's the thing. You, you're venturing down a, a world of stuff that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Literally, I had a conversation with some kids this past, not this weekend, the weekend before, Fourth of July weekend, because uh, I had a whole bunch of kids. With the guy I was at a, a, a barbecue with a bunch of kids, and I, I literally said, "Hey, what's the game that everybody's really into right now?" And they all said Fortnite and Call of Duty, and I'm like, "What? So Call of Duty's still a thing?" But like I said, yeah. I don't play video <laughs> games. So I'm like, oh, this that's interesting. I was like, do people play Grand Theft Auto still? Do, do they still do GTA or or no? And they're like, yeah, they, you know, people still play it, you know, but, it, you know, everybody's more Call of Duty or Fortnite or Minecraft. And I'm like, OK, cool. At least I know that. But <laughs> I'm not sitting here going, oh, you know, it's really cool to go down these worlds and see such and such doing a secret concert at such a, like nah i just i don't get it that's just my personal opinion it, but wow still no matter what somebody is sitting there going hey i'm gonna hold on to this particular video game for as long as i can so that i can sell it later or make hundreds of millions of dollars let's just say that you know a hundred thousand to a million dollars you know uh if i sell it now or if I sell it in 30 some odd years, it's just crazy. That's crazy. And I know a lot of kids, there's a lot of kids out there that will get figurines like action figures, and then they won't take it out of the packaging at all. They just put it up as decoration <laughs> with the original packaging. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're a child. Be one for five seconds. <laughs> but at the same time, there's a lot of kids out there that are about that life. So I don't know. That's, that takes a lot. For me, I'm old school, I guess. I'd rip that mug out and just play, play, play. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but definitely comment down below and let us know what is the game that you were like all about as a kid. You know what I mean? Or if you're still a kid at heart uh -huh. or literally at heart or literally, you know, you are still a kid. Comment down below and let, let us know what is the video game that you were. It was like everything to you. What was the what was the cat's pajamas? You know what I'm saying? I don't think I've ever said that phrase ever in my life, so forgive me. But what was the cat's pajamas, man? You know what I mean? What was far out, bro, to you in video games? Comment down below. Um, somebody just said something that I found very, very interesting uh, real quick. Phoebe Snow said, kids in the 90s were throwing around magic cars on, on cement and dirt playgrounds that are worth over hundreds of thousands of dollars now. Yeah. It just breaks my heart. <laughs> I, I didn't play magic yeah. i didn't play magic as a kid but personally i mean that's just if you really think about it like comic books like i still have sorry for the little segue but i still have uh superman's death oh me too but i feel like everybody does yeah I feel like everybody has that original comic book you know I what I mean? Because they got smart and said, oh, it's going to be a collector's item someday. No, everybody yep. and their mama got it, so it ain't a collector's item no more. You feel me? That's right. The death of Su Superman, <laughs> everybody got it. It's going to be like when you finally go, when you're in dire straits, and you're like, hey, I could sell this. And you go to that place and go, here, how much is it? Let's go. It's a couple thousand, couple hundred thousand. They're like, no, $15. What? We already <laughs> have. Lucky. We got a whole, we got 15 of them over here. You want one? So 
That's what sucks, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have a copy of that Superman Dies comic in my parents' safe deposit box to this day. And it's <laughs> probably worth, like, less than a dollar. Facts. <laughs> See what I'm saying? The ones that you think they're going to go, that you know for a fact are dead giveaway collector's items end up not being collector's items. That's what sucks. Because everybody else in their mama is getting the same damn comic book or the same damn thing to collect. So then it's not a rarity anymore, you know? Guess how much it's worth? <laughs> how, how much? How much? Uh, they have a new edition that has come out for it that's selling for $2.50. Of course. Uh, recent sales on eBay of the older comic range from $9.16 to $12.99. Yes, okay. bank. <laughs> Making bank, baby. Yeah. $12. Whatever. Blah. <laughs> Blah. See what I'm saying? Everybody and their mama. Like I said, everybody and their mama wants the nose that's that would be a collector's item. So everyone I remember. Remember when they were making like um they were they were like uh uh, the news was covering it and there was lines out the door for people that were trying to wait to get a copy of the Death of Superman comic book. There was literally a a, a line out the door. People people lining up for the Death of Superman comic book. It's a crazy story. And, and everybody's like, I'm going to hold on to this because it's going to be a collector's item. Nom, 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 nom. Nah. Flash forward 30 some odd years later. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, yeah. My thing when I was a kid was uh, baseball cards. I've got like a whole like giant, not even a shoe box, like a, like a, like a shipping box filled with all of the baseball cards I had as a kid. And like the, the best ones I had, I put in a little plastic case and like two mm-hmm. weeks ago, just, just out of curiosity, I went and was like looking to see what they were worth. Worthless, literally <laughs> worthless. It's like, Oh, that Mark McGuire card you've got. Yeah, yeah. We're selling a lot of 10 of those for like $4. <laughs> literally worthless. <clears throat> Or or, they, uh, or they, there was a whole bunch of Nolan Ryans. It's like, why is every pack <laughs> have Nolan Ryan up in this piece, man? Why Nolan Ryan, man? And it's like <laughs> him and every other outfit under the sun. It's like, how many Nolan Ryans can I get in my life, in a lifetime? But everybody was all about it. Makes no sense to me. <laughs> that was always yeah. the funny thing when you were a kid. Is you, There were those guys who were just you know, boring players and you'd open every, every pack of baseball cards you get would have like some skinny gangly dude with like giant Coke bottle glasses on. And like, he'd be in every pack of cards to the point where he, you know, if you got enough baseball cards, he became like a punchline. It's like really this schmuck again with his, you know, 125 batting average. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and growing God. up, my dad growing up had uh, two boxes of shoe, bo- uh, like two shoe boxes full of old cards. Uh, mm-hmm. It had like a Lou Gehrig in there too. Wow! And, uh, and when they moved from their house, he had them in a closet that was behind like a little false wall in the back of the closet where like it could slide. You could see that it could slide. And uh, when they sold it, he forgot them there. Oh, no. And went back like a month later and asked if they could come and like check his room just to make sure to see if he found. And they. They were gone. Of course they were. Uh, and they asked him, you know, asked the new owners about it. Like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. Facts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have done the same damn thing. So there's, there's sold our the hell out of that, Luke Garrett. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was sold the hell out of that with the quickness. I would have been like, jackpot. 
Thank came you. with the house. Came with <laughs> the <laughs> house, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. You know what I'm saying? What, what were your what were your all's go to video games when you were a kid? We asked the we asked the YouTube group, but what what were yours? Oh man. I mean Kid Icarus back on the day on, on Ooh, Nintendo. Oh, wow. that's a throwback. You know, yeah. That Metroid. You know, yeah, the, the Ooh, old Metroid. Nintendo games that got played a lot. Metroid uh, Zelda, a, a go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, you were playing the Brainy games. Yeah, and then, but going on to like um, Sega, you know, that was all the fighting games that came out on Sega. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of time spent there. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> Everything smelled like uh, bubble gum and, and soda pop. Yeah. The controllers uh, smelling like uh, everything. Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola. Nitro. 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 Wow. <laughs> Nitro. Yeah. That is a throwback, bruh. Uh my video games, like I just mentioned, uh, it was Aladdin. It was uh, mm-hmm. Echo, because Echo was a fun game. Uh Echo, uh uh in Lion King was a big one. I was a big like fighter game thing versus game, like uh Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. Uh, I didn't have Metroid, but I played it a lot with, at my friends' houses, and I, I loved that game, but I never got a chance to really get it. Uh, like I said, I wasn't really big into video games, so I didn't really dive all the way into it. Um, a lot of the games that we had were games that my sisters could play and I could play too. Um, so it was kind of like a lot of Disney-centric type games. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Echo was a lot of fun. I loved Echo. And then, uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat was really the thing, but I didn't know all of the the codes and all that. Like, I didn't go crazy about, like, I need to know the codes. And then, like, there, I remember a lot of kids would go and buy a lot of magazines, video game magazines, so that they could learn more things. And I, I tried to get into that, but I just realized it was just not my thing. Just mm-hmm. real talk. It just really was not my thing at all and the thing is is i I wish there were more shooter games because i love that stuff yeah so like instead of just duck hunt you know what i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know with the dog and everything like (laughs) you know what i mean like i wish there were more shoot like shooter games like actual like an actual you know like a a toy gun type thing that you can shoot at the screen that kind of stuff you know when you go to like Chuck E. Cheese or, or uh, Dave and Buster's, they have those kind of games all day, every yeah, day. Right. And uh, those are the kind of games I really liked, you know, but they never had those as video games. Uh, not until now. I mean, you see this stuff all you see this stuff all over the place. Oh, and then, yes, uh, like this, like that. Oh, I forgot about that. Thank you, man. Thank you. NBA Jam. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> Come on now. He's on fire. He's on yeah. fire. He's oh, on that fire. That was the best game ever. I forgot about that. Thank you. Like this, was like that. Could be Bill Clinton. Right? You could be George Clinton. No, George Clinton. That's what I <laughs> You could be. I, yeah. I, you might have been able to be Bill Clinton too, but you could. You could be George Clinton in <laughs> Parliament. It was awesome. Oh, uh, it was a great game. That game was amazing. Yeah. I forgot about that game. Thank you. Thank you for that throwback. But yeah, those are the things that I loved. But then, it, you know, you always found the glitch in that game so that you can keep being on fire all the time. Or if you shoot in this particular corner, you always sink them. You know what I mean? There was always a glitch, which was really, really funny. Um, but he's yeah. heating up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's heating up. He's on fire. And then you just keep you're just on fire all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or there was a code where you could just be on fire the entire time. Uh-huh. 
It's, he's on fire. He's on fire. He's on. You know what I mean? Man, it was do, crazy. Like, double flip slam yep. like dunk and, and break the glass. Yep. yep. Do, do the yeah. Shaquille. Do the Shaquille O'Neal. You know what I'm saying? Man, that was that was the jam back in the day, man. That was. The and then jam. they 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 couldn't get the rights to have Michael Jordan in it, so you had to play as like Horace Grant and Scottie <laughs> Pippen. This is like, oh, that's the Bulls, I guess. All right. <laughs> man, I love that stuff. Oh, throwbacks, 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 fun stuff. But anyway, yeah, de- definitely keep the comments going on down below. Um, you know, uh, definitely, uh, yeah, some some nostalgia right there for your ways. Um, but a lot of fun. Uh, Mr. T12 just said uh, Nintendo 64 was epic because it was the first video game console with multiplayer for uh, multiplayer for controllers at once. We used to have sleepovers and your friends had to bring over their controller. Yeah, man. I mean, that was the, that mm-hmm. was the jam back then, then too. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you keep on going and playing and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, 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 Mario go-kart, James Bond, Goldeneye. <clears throat> yeah. I've only, I played Mario go-kart like, like it was going out of style, mm. but I never really played James Bond, Goldeneye. I never got a chance to play that. So I never, I don't know the experience of playing that game. And I know a lot of people do, <clears throat> but that was one I never My friends got, got really into that game, but it always made me sick. I'd get motion sickness playing it. So oh. we'd be about like a minute into the game and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. And they'd have to <laughs> hand my controller off to somebody else. I think it was one of the first games that was in like a higher frame rate or something uh. like that. And something about it back in the day, I wasn't used to it. It made me sick. So I never really played GoldenEye all that much. I watched my friends play it until I, until I started feeling queasy and then I'd look away from the TV. <laughs> but, man, yeah. oh, man. I'd always get motion sickness on that one. Know your limitations. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It looked like fun. Yeah, man. Anyway, we got to jump into another conversation. Um, now, so the Redskins are finally, apparently, officially... It is official that they are going to be changing their name. Uh, Obviously, this is something that they've been talking about for or people have been protesting and trying to get uh, trying to have happen for the longest time. But because of this, uh, because of the Black Lives Matter movement, because of everything that's going on with the the wave of the cancel culture uh, and all, they are finally making steps towards changing Washington Red Sox to something else. Tommy, you have a little bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, the Redskins, it sounds like today is the day. They yeah. are going to be announcing that they are dropping the Redskins name and Indian head logo after, you know, different sponsors, including FedEx and Nike. I think Amazon also have uh, stopped selling, have called on them to change the name. So yeah. it sounds like they're going to be changing the name. I don't know that the new, it doesn't sound like the new name is going to come out today. They're just announcing that they're switching it. Although they may, I don't know if they're going to come out with a new name today, but, um, Oh man, that'd be hella quick. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're going to, it says, uh, says a new name must still be selected and, uh, it's unclear when exactly that'll happen. But yeah, I think this is kind of far past due. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird. We're in 2020 and there's still a team called the Redskins. It's kind of, yeah, not a good look, but it's finally changing. So that's good, good yeah. news. I think. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I, I think it's a, uh, I honestly think it's fantastic news uh, because here's the thing. They have been petitioning and protesting and 
making a noise about this for years. This is not just something that just popped out of nowhere, fell out of the sky into their laps. And they're like, what? Oh, they got, you know, people have a problem with the, the, the name, the Redskins. No, this is something they've been working on and talking about for the longest time. And I think this is a, a beneficial situation right now. That's what I think um, <clears throat> for everyone to actually, you know, for us all to actually look into what's really going on. So I think that's very great that this is a positive side of uh, a positive result from the Black Lives Matter movement and this cancel culture wave that's going on, you know, from Aunt Jemima being canceled to all the other products that are getting canceled right now, whether you believe in the, whether, whether you, whatever side you believe and stand on in regards to like products getting names, getting changed. This one, I think is something that definitely needed to happen and it should have happened a long, long time ago. So I'm really happy about this and I'm interested to see what they're going to name their team. Now, you know, they got to obviously stay somewhat in the realm of what they've done, I mean, it'd be weird if they're like, hey, the Washington accountants, it just doesn't make sense. So I'm wondering <laughs> where they're going to go, you know, as far as their their title, if they're going to stay in the Native American type of vibe or if they're just going to go completely left field with this. So I'm interested to see what they do for sure. What are we going to say, Jack? Yeah. So, I mean. I don't know. This is a team's manager that had said before that he would never change the name. Right. And mm -hmm. didn't think it was offensive. He backed it up multiple, multiple times. And the only reason that he has agreed to now start doing this is because the corporate sponsors have walked away. And so when Amazon, Nike, take all your team's merchandise off their online stores and FedEx, who has the naming rights, is saying they're going to walk away, then all of a sudden now he's okay with changing it. It wasn't before anything else. He hasn't had a change of heart or his views haven't changed. This is purely because of the money. We should really be looking at Nike and Amazon, FedEx, and say, well, why did you sponsor this in the first place? Why did you not demand a change earlier? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really, I mean, look at the corporate dollars and say, okay, you know, it's not just on that team for changing. Yeah, they should have changed a long time ago, but the people that supported it for so long are the ones that really need to be looked at. Yeah. And, you know, it's a... Um, I don't, it's again, it's one of those things where, yeah, should have happened a long time ago. Uh, it, it will have a, a good meaning after it's changed. Um, but the reasoning for the change is not, you know, I don't think a, a lighthearted good reason why. <laughs> like, no. He's only doing it because of the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here it is, though. Sometimes to cause a ruckus or make things change and make things happen, Sometimes the only way to affect somebody is through their wallet, especially these these the powers that be the people that have all control over the things that are going on in that team. Sometimes you sometimes you need this kind of movement. Sometimes you need something like this to happen for them to motivate them to make a change happen. If you got yeah. big money leaving them, they're losing power. They're losing say. And that's huge. So in a way, that's what I was trying to say, like this movement right now is working at least in that regard, you know, um, and unfortunately, that's just kind of how it is. I understand that 
them changing their ideas or them changing their mind and going, well, maybe we should change our names because of losing money. Yes, it's terrible. The intention is not great, but at the same time, at least they're getting what they need. You know? True. That's what I think. You know, like if it means that it changes the things forever on a good side, and these people, the, the a group of people, an organization or a group of people have been pushing and petitioning and trying to make that thing happen for decades. And they're finally getting what they need to 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 feel to make it feel more just to make things feel right. I think that's great. I think that this is when cancel culture works out. When it's just like, hey, randomly, we're just going to cancel this particular person because of something that they did 10 years ago. Mm. That's one thing. But when you have something that's out there, like I keep thinking if it was like the Washington Negroes, let's just say, and they just kept that going, like we talked about before, I mean, that would feel people would start feeling some type of way Um, and there would be petitions and there would be a push. Um, you know, the Native American people are just as important as any other race, you know, uh, and if they're out here trying to get their voices heard and they keep on getting muted every time, that sucks. Um, but they jumped on this. They jumped on this wave and pushed this. And, you know, the higher one percenters that be that help keep the uh, Washington uh, that Washington team going uh, when they step out, that says something, you know? And so I, I say, you know, this is the only time, this is the best time to make something like this happen. You know, um, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Those people are greedy. Absolutely. But it's just them are the breaks. Unfortunately, you know, they're still getting what they want, you know, and I don't, and it's not like they're going to go and go, Hey, uh, now that we got Amazon, we're going to go back. Back to the Redskins. You know what I mean? No, right. it's done. Once it's over, it's done. You know? And now they can have a, a sigh of relief of like, okay, they can finally stop doing the tomahawk. They can finally stop, you know, saying, you know, using something that is what they consider a racist term. So good for them. Yay. I hope they don't switch to another racist term. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I said. Oh, we didn't we didn't think about that. Oh darn. <laughs> Oh, darn. Oh, oh, we thought it was we thought it was PC. But, you know, we'll see, you know. Uh, Mr. T12 perspective names, warriors. When you say warriors, red tails, skins, uh, senators, pigs. (laughs) Somebody said uh, you just said Washington hypocrites Mm -hmm. (laughs) or the Washington people of color. (laughs) <laughs> enemy nation <laughs> that's funny you know but there's the, so there's got to be something that they can do for sure um yeah and th- they'll figure it out they'll figure it out but i'm happy that it's actually moving towards something and they'll figure it out and it'll be a done deal it'll be done they'll never have to hear about the they'll never have to hear about that ever again you see what i'm saying yeah It'll be interesting to see what happens after this, though, because uh, the owners of the Atlanta Braves and the owners of the Chicago Blackhawks have said they have no they have no inclination to change the name of their teams right now. So mm-hmm. I imagine once the Washington Redskins have changed their name, uh, there will be a 
growing chorus of people that'll be asking for the Braves, the Blackhawks, the Chiefs, the Seminoles, all teams named after Native Americans to change their name. So I assume that's where this is all headed, but it sounds like the owners of the Braves and the Blackhawks are at least sticking their heels on the ground right now and aren't going to budge. Yeah, that's what this guy said. Again, just watch the sponsors. As the sponsors fall, the names will change, and then it'll be it just it'll be a domino effect, just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like like they were saying, um, you know, Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it is that considered? Is that considered racist? Is that considered offensive? I don't know. I personally don't think so. I personally don't think so. But I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe they've been petitioning for that to change too. I don't. I don't know, because in a way, it's like uh, the Dolphins. Is that offensive? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like you start Chiefs is is it's it, it could be many different things. So I don't I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I know that they have a, a, a specific logo um, that, of course, re- resembles Native Americans. So I don't know uh, if they're they're really making a fuss about it or talking about that one as well. So that's something that yes. to say again. Yes. Traditional use of the title chief is an honor restricted to those leaders of a Native American tribes who have received the title through tribal selection or inheritance. Blamo. Uh, if it's not appropriately used when referencing Native Americans, then yes, it is uh, offensive. But they could be the Kansas City police chiefs. <laughs> oh, so then it could just be, you know, a cop, a cop's head yeah. on the thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like a face of a, a cop, you know, with a billy yeah. club. Or something. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, something to think about for sure. For, for sure. Um, but anyway, we got to do the Billy Club dance. Yes. Oh, man. No. See that. Now that's now that's racist. Anyway, we got to go into a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with our Let's Talk segment. Tune in. This is the Pascal Show. Bye. Hey, welcome. Welcome back, guys. Thank you guys so much for <clears throat> tuning in. If this is your first time checking out the show, please go click that like button down below. I'd really, really appreciate it. And of course, if this is your first time checking out the Pascal show, please go crush that subscribe button. That would really, really mean a lot. Now, before we jump into our Let's Talk segment, which is something we definitely need to go into, I, uh, I'm seeing a, uh, a conversation going on underneath the, um, the uh, uh, underneath, underneath the, uh, in the comment section, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to pull something up here um, in the comment section. And we are definitely going to be talking about that here in a little bit for sure. So uh, keep your eyes open for that conversation because we will be talking about the Sports Illustrated uh, issue that has just come out and everything. So be on the look out for that. But anyway, it is time for Let's Talk. And in today's Let's Talk, here is an opportunity to hear from you all live on the show and be a part of the conversation. So one of the things is, is just a few a few guidelines. Okay, okay. so the lines will be open here very, very shortly, but we are going to do kind of a roundtable talk. I'm going to present the question. I'm going to throw it out to the guys. We're going to throw in our two cents. And when I say the phone lines are open, that's when you can actually call in and put in your two cents in regards to the the conversation that we are about to have here in just a few seconds here. So the question of the day is, do you think that schools can comfortably open up for fall 
during this pandemic? Okay, so that's the question that we're going to throw around and we're going to talk about. So just so that you know, the phone number is 314-766-4581. Again, 314-766-4581. Okay, but before you give us a call, we're going to throw in our two cents here really, really quick. And then I'm going to open up the phone lines and you guys can talk it up with us. Okay, so. Fellas, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that schools are going to be comfortably ready to open up this fall during this pandemic? Let's go around the room. Tommy boy, what's your thoughts? Speak on it. Uh, some, I think, might be able to. Uh, but I would say many, if not most, are probably not ready to. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, from what I've been hearing... There and I mean it seems like it goes city by city, county by county. So I would say in some places it may not be that big of a risk, and others it would be a huge risk. Um, and and it doesn't. There's no uniform uh, social distancing or mask wearing. Gu- there's no guidelines that are. It doesn't sound like there are any guidelines that are standard across the board. I know CDC put out a list of guidelines they'd like to see implemented last week, and yeah. Trump immediately said, you know, go back to the drawing board because we're not doing that. But, um, you know, I don't know if if they can do it safely, but it doesn't sound like everybody's going to be doing it safely. It doesn't sound like they're going to be separating the desks as much as they need to. Uh, doesn't sound like they're going to be wearing masks everywhere. It just, mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like there's a uniform way to keep everybody safe. So I'd say on the whole, I don't think it's a good idea. But I think for certain communities, I think it could work. Okay. Jackie Buck, what's he think? Uh, pretty similar idea that Tom has there. Um, I mean, I think that there's going to be smaller schools that have smaller classes that will be able to fare better. Uh, large schools that just, you know, increase the, the odds, right? The more people yeah. you put into an enclosed, enclosed space. So, uh, you know, yeah, it would be good for them to, if it could safely be done. I, I don't think the problem with the stats we see, I don't think the the kids aren't as at high of a risk, but the issue is going to be the teachers. So once we start losing teachers to be able to come to school, then, then schools won't be open. So <clears throat> there's already articles out there about uh, schools that were, you know, have been open and teachers are coming down with COVID, even though they've been washing their hands and wearing masks. Um, yeah, think about that, the closed circulation of those buildings, and especially in the hot summer days. A lot of those schools and things like that have just AC units in the window. Uh, circulation uh, is not a big thing in there. Uh, so, you know, some schools have updated AC units and things like that with filtration devices, and maybe that can help out. But a lot of these schools don't have that budget to even fix AC units in some of these public schools, and especially in St. Louis. I mean, they have closed down because of funding. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how how do you expect them to fare well? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Now, um, and, and now, so here, here's a, here's my thoughts on it. Okay. Um, I would totally be down for schools to go back to its regularly scheduled program starting in fall. I know that we've talked about it on, on multiple occasions in regards to the, the, you know, parents. There's a lot of parents that, that, that are, are both working. You know, there's, it's not like it's uh there's not a, a lot of people that are, 
that have that privilege or that ability to have uh, a stay at home parent uh, 24 seven. So in regards to that, that's going to that's a really hard part of it all. Um, or that's a good that's a big question in regards to like, hey, if we just keep the schools closed and they do everything via computer, via online, will this be able will we will we be able to, you know, have a parent stay home? How can one parent stay home while the other one goes to work or so on and so forth? So that's one main question. But the, the, the second question is, you know. How are you able to implement something inside the schools that is religion, you know, that is absolute scripture that they do every single day so that everyone can stay safe uh, and they keep their distance? Now, uh, 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 kids that are of age that are always thinking about things, you know, that, that know about personal space, that know about social distancing. I could see something like that being implemented for sure. I could see a lot of high school students being able to successfully go back to school in that way uh, or half successful, like a soft successful way, um, because it's hard to be to not have some sort of interaction, period. It's it's hard. Uh, but when it comes to the younger kids, I get very, very concerned about the younger kids. Uh, when you got preschool, pre-K, uh, kindergarten you know, et cetera, you, you, you have to remember that those, a lot of those kids don't, aren't thinking about those things. They're not putting that in the, in the back of their mind. They're not, they're not conscious of those things. They're kids. <laughs> they're, they want to roll around and eat snacks and build with Legos and, you know, they want to be kids. So it's going to be, it would be very hard for kids to establish for the younger kids to establish some sort of social distancing and being uh, quarantined and safe and clean. I think it's going to be very hard, you know? Um, so that's the other thing. Now I know that Betsy DeVos or DeVos, I, I don't know how to pronounce her last Betsy name. DeVos. Betsy DeVos. Thank you. Betsy DeVos has been really, really hard about trying to get schools back open in the fall saying, Hey, we could easily open our schools and get things moving. Now, I don't know if that is really the way to go personally, if we don't have a system in place, if we don't have a set guidelines or set rules set in place, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like walking into the wild, wild west. You know, anything goes. Um, now, I know that CNN recently interviewed a superintendent for one of the largest uh, public school systems, and he had a message for uh, DeVos uh, basically saying you can't put every kid back in school. Uh, just a just a broad stroke of that conversation. And I agree with that. I don't think you can bring every single kid back to school. But then if you do that, if you say, hey, only half of the school can be filled, let's just say. It's got to be a 50% capacity. Let's just say they figured that out and they agree with that. Then which kids go to school and which kids don't? Does it flip on and off? Do people, some kids go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the other kids go Tuesdays and Thursdays? Lucky for the kids who get only go to school only two times a week, I guess. You see what I'm saying? How do you figure this thing out? Is it a lottery ticket? Is it not a lottery ticket? What What is the proper way of for schools to be able to open up and for, for, for everyone to actually get their minds filled with knowledge in a safe and healthy way without contracting the COVID. You know what I'm saying? So 
The lines are open right now. Comment. And if you don't feel like calling in, we understand. Give us a call uh, or, you know, comment down below. But give us a call at 314-766-4581. Definitely let us know. Don't be shy. And let's be let's get this conversation going for sure. We got a phone call. Bam. Here we go. Hey, you're on the mic with the Pascal show. What's your name and where you calling from? Hey, this is John. I'm calling from Austin, Texas. John from up, Austin, John? Texas. What's hey. up, man? How, How you doing, going, John? Chilling, man. What's your, what I'm are you doing? Well, what are your thoughts, man? Speak on it. Well, I actually uh, I teach high school outside of Austin, Texas, right um, in a district at a six day high school, and uh, I also have uh, two daughters, uh, very young. One of my daughters has type one diabetes, oh, right on. and so the idea of me going back to school and my my girls going back to daycare. It's pretty terrifying. Um, I almost feel like they're using this as political fodder for the upcoming election in, in, in a way, and I don't know exactly how they're, they're angling that, but um, I'm, I'm quite against it. And I feel like a lot of teachers I know are also against it. Uh, I just spoke with an administrator at my school, and she feels like we're being used as, she said, sacrificial lambs. And... I think a lot of people are, are going to come out against this. Um, I also know a lot of teachers who are, you know, not in the greatest of shape. They're older. I, I, I work with a math True. teacher who is 70-something years old. And to ask these people to go back to, uh, back to school and be on the front lines and to risk their lives, I think it's a lot to ask. Yeah. Uh, we, did, we did remote learning last spring. And it worked out. Um, it wasn't the greatest, but you know, I think I think it could be, it could be done for another semester, just to let this thing maybe die down some. And that's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you uh, taking my call, John. Thanks thank you call, so much. John. Hey, thank and uh, we hear we hear your beautiful children in the background. You keep them safe. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. You guys have a good one. All right. Peace. Take care. Bye. And their, their angle yeah. is if the kids go to school, the economy can open. Because if the kids can go back to school, the parents can go back to work. Yep. And, and I understand that. I understand. I'd like, I totally understand that angle, but he has an absolutely great point there. There's a lot of teachers that are, have been, that have been working many, many years with these children that are out there that are past a, a specific age or are of a certain age. They have their own health issues as well. What are you going to do? You're going to automatically get those teachers to force them to retire get them out of the way because there's, you see what I'm saying? Like what you're going to put those teachers in the, in the line of fire. You know, it, it, a lot of times it's almost as if these teachers are going to be dodging a machine gun. They're going to be dodging bullets from a machine gun in a way. And it's unfortunate. You see what I'm saying? Like, so I totally see what John is saying and, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of kids. And I forgot to say that too. There's a lot of kids with preexisting ailments as well. So you're going to put those kids, you're going to force those kids back into school like that. And he said, sacrificial lambs. I like to call them guinea pigs. You know, it's like they're suddenly getting thrown in as as uh, uh, lab rats and just saying, hey, let's just see how this goes. This ain't Sims, y'all. You know what I'm saying? This ain't Sim yeah. City up in this piece. Yeah. This is our kids. You know, these are this is the, the the people who are in the education system as well, you know. We need to start taking care of what's really going on and figuring out a, the right way to get this done. Not just forcing the doors open and just going, let's see what happens. 
just not how it should be. At least that's not what I think. You know, there's a lot of things that you got to throw to to uh, add into this situation for sure. And we can't forget. You know, I was talking on the show last week. There was a you know a friend of mine who's a teacher is giving serious thought to resigning because she doesn't want to put herself and her family at risk doing this stuff. And so, that's a damn shame. I know? mean, this could have long-term effects as far as American education goes because there might be good teachers that are just like, yeah, I don't want to risk this. I, you know, I'll go find another profession or yeah. I'll go be a stay-at-home parent if, 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 you know, we can make that work financially. Like this might, you know, it could be your your kid's favorite teacher just may not be in the game anymore because, yeah. you know, once again, we're putting them in a, in a bad situation. It's, it's messed so, up, but go ahead, Jack. In, uh, in public schools, uh, the average age of a teacher is 41 or 42.4 uh, years of age. Uh, and so you actually have 15% are from uh, 15 to 20% are from less than 30 years old. You got to think that everybody else above that you're putting a, if under 50 is 69% of people. Yeah. Uh, but that's 31% of teachers that are in the category that are saying they're at higher risk uh, as the ages go up about, you know, who's, who's going to be more at risk of getting sick. So if there's 31% of the teachers that could face complications from going back to work and are at higher risk of getting COVID, I mean, that's a lot of people to replace. And then you got to think about people that have any type of illnesses and things that make them more susceptible anyway that are in the, that other age group. I mean, and then people that have kids that might be that. So they may be younger and maybe less susceptible, but then they have children that might, like the teacher that we just spoke with, and they might have children at home that he has to care, think about when he's going to work and doesn't want to bring something home with him. Absolutely. Mm. It's like, what do you do during the school year? You, you go and stay in a motel during that time? So you just be quarantined from your family? Hail to the no. I'll answer that. Hail to the no. That ain't life. That ain't a good life. Just because just, just so you can fold just so you can mold young minds, that ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Malia, uh good good evening, Malia, all the way from Australia, just said this. Uh in Victoria, students in their senior year of college are returning to class in sessions. Um, or to in-class sessions, sorry. All other years are remote learning. However, es- essential workers, uh, however, essential workers can have their child attend school, keep numbers low, and support the workers. Yeah, interesting. Now, th- that's how they're doing it in Australia, where they're doing, hey, okay, the school, the seniors can go back, and this is only college we're talking about. You know, college seniors are able to go back to the classes and actually go in and sit in those classes, whereas all the other underclassmen, I guess, are are doing everything remotely from home. Um, and th- that's still a possibility. Now, th- this is this is the point where I start wondering if parents are going to start looking towards more of an idea of uh, homeschooling. Now, I know that's still in a, a responsibility of said of some parent having to be home and trying to uh, engage the children with education at home. But I have a feeling that, that could, there could be an onslaught of a new thing, which is in-home homeschooling instead of actually waiting on some educator to teach. You know, to actually go to an actual school, a facility to actually go and learn. I don't know. It's just a thought. 
Definitely uh, give us a call at 314-766-4581. The phone lines are still open, ready to rock and roll and hear from you guys from all over the globe. Uh, don't be shy and give us a call. Let us know what you think. Do you think that we, as a, as a world, should be going back, should be bringing, putting our kids back into school or not? Definitely give us a call. Definitely give us a call. But I, I, I think that it's, it's something, you know, um, <clears throat> I think that this is something that will always be an ongoing fight, an ongoing debate an ongoing discussion because there is no right answer to this question. You know, I believe that there's a lot of people out here that think, yeah, I want my kids back in school. Let's go. Trust me. I think everybody wants their kids back in school regardless. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, man, come on, let's, let's, let's get this thing open. Let's, let's get life back on track uh, because they either have work themselves or they just want to go back to some semblance of normalcy. You know, um, enemy nation said there are other countries with lesser healthcare systems than the U S that have opened up schools and some never shut down schools. That's a, that's very interesting. That's very there interesting. There are countries with lesser healthcare systems in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I was being facetious. I realized yeah. there are, but there aren't many. <laughs> yeah. But still it's very interesting to, to think that, uh, to know that, even though there are other other countries that have opened up their schools that that they're doing in class in school classes now i know that uh, a fellow uh family member of the show uh jacob um he's usually watches us on twitch uh he's from germany all right so he watches all the way in germany so shout out to my boy jake jacob spec five um but he he mentioned and this was only a few weeks ago and i haven't talked to him uh personally since then but they opened up their schools, but then apparently there was another surge. And because of that, they had to shut schools down again. Now, I don't know if there was any type of in-class, you know, uh, uh, pandemic inside the classes, but um, they had to shut everything down because the numbers went, started spiking again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, I would love to hit them up and see if, uh, if they're having the same issues still, or if they figured out a system that works. Um, but he's not in, he, you know, he is a high school student as well. So I'm interested to see, uh, and hear from him. I'm going to have to hit him up to, to see what's, what's going on. Uh, Chris LaRose. What up? Chris says, uh, my wife and I talked about her not returning to her elementary school. So there's a lot of people, I think there's a lot of students and a lot of uh, teachers that are definitely thinking about like, hey, maybe this is not the right time to go back and jump back into the education uh, in, in an actual school, in an actual building. Um, and I think that they have every right to be concerned about that. You know, there's too many. There's too many questions. There's too many open questions of what if way too many. But this is something that I was saying before. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that this this solves anything. But here it is. For example, Disney just opened up their their theme park. Disney World has opened up their theme park uh, this this weekend. They were and obviously Florida has had huge spikes in cases recently. 
Huge. All right. So during this entire weekend, when they had one of the highest cases, uh, uh, highest numbers in cases this weekend, Disney, Disneyland opened. Okay. So Disney World. Disney World. Thank you. I, I never know the difference between the two, man. <laughs> they, they making money and it's a, ma- a mouse going, ha ha, and all that same stuff. Anyway, Disney World, correct? Disney yes. World opened up their doors this weekend and they had a, they implemented a lot of different things. Um, of course, there was sanitation section, uh, uh, sanitation uh, 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 pods or uh, locations throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire theme park. They were doing um, temperature checks for every single person that walked in the dough. Um, and so they were doing everything they can so that they can get something moving because they've been closed for four freaking months four months that's insane right so i keep looking at it not sitting here saying that that's the the answer to it all that's not the be all and end all but what if they were to implement those type of things instead of a instead of a metal detector which we talked about uh last week instead of some sort of metal detector they're just doing the the detecting you know they're using the um temperature guns and they're just doing all that and they have sanitation uh spots everywhere throughout the schools that could be an option that could definitely be an option you know but like i said just because you don't have a temperature does not mean that you don't have it so there's that there is there is that therein lies the rub if you will so you know just a thought so definitely give us a call 314-766-4581 and definitely let us know what you think on all of that for sure. Let's see. I did have. OK, Ben Gowdy, something that we haven't heard much is uh, is most substitute teachers are retired teachers. So most likely, most likely when not if we get sick. Who's going to cover the classroom? This is from Ben Gowdy on Facebook. Thank you so much for the comments. That is a very good question. That's a very good question. You know, it's like, what do you do? What are you going to do when they get sick? What are you going to do? Because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to go, hell no. You want me to what? (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm not about to jump in here, play some Russian roulette. I'm good on that. You know? What do you guys think? Well, national average for a substitute teacher is about $105 per full day. Is that worth it to you? <laughs> Does that pay for the hospital bill? Well, there you go. And that's what I was saying, though. Like, the schools can open. When the teachers get sick, the schools will close. Doesn't have to take all. I mean, they're okay, I guess, with putting kids back in school and letting the kids die. But once there's not teachers available to have it run, then it won't run. I'm just really, I mean, you know, you're. You know, we keep talking about like, oh, this is going to be let, you know, we're, th- we're still talking about this as if it's like theoretical. I think people, I, yeah, I know. I, but I mean, I think people's tune on this is going to change dramatically when we start having funerals with little caskets and we start seeing like teachers dying. I mean, it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about this all as if it's theoretically, is it safe to put kids back in schools? I think once we're seeing like little miniature caskets on TV, you know, I think it'll maybe become a little more real for people, hopefully. But um, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about little caskets. We're talking about putting kids at risk of death. We're talking about 
putting teachers at risk of death, parents at risk of death, um, uh, 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 people that work at, uh, what do they call it, uh, daycare at risk of death. I mean, we're talking about, you know, this is all interesting. I mean, we hearing people say it only puts kids at like 0.02% risk of increased risk of death. And it's like, yeah, death. You know, we're going to be tuning into the evening news and watching like footage of children's funerals. Yeah. I mean, that's where this is headed. So yeah. for me, it's just like this whole theoretical, you know, oh, this might happen. What's going to end up happening is a very ugly, sad, sick thing. And it's, it's coming. Yeah. I, uh, I hope it just goes away. Yeah, maybe maybe when it warms up, maybe when it warms up in Arizona and the sun comes out, yeah, it warms up in Arizona, it'll finally go away there. Or maybe maybe when that yeah. Florida, you know, I uh, you know, when you start putting it in that perspective, uh, Tom, it is uh, it's a scary thought, you know, um, to think of that in that in such a extreme way, um, yeah. and but it's the truth. That's the, yeah. that's what it is. That's what's going to happen if we don't really start thinking about what the next choice is. Now, I don't understand. Like, here it is. Like, I understand the only like one part is, of course, keeping the parents are not going to be able to stay home and watch over the kids, etc. If they're going to go on, if they're going to go and do more work, if they're going to go uh, to work and deal with their nine to fives. Right. So here's the thing, like if we, if the country, if the states open back up and say the schools, let's just, let's just play this scenario real quick. And the schools sit there and go, we are not opening. Hell no. Nah. Betsy DeVos can suck a big one and, you know, a bag of pickled ones. And uh, we're going to do what we need to do because we are not about to sit there and get everybody sick like this. So what we're going to do is we're still going to do what we've done, which is all video on video, you know, online classes. So then what are the, what are some options that they can implement or give to parents, especially let's, let's talk about this too. So there's a lot of single parents out there too, that have to work. A lot of them are essential workers that sometimes can't even afford to have the extra help. Let's just say childcare, for example. So then what can be implemented? What could be helped? What could be extended out for those families that have either single parent homes or both parents are earning income? How can they do that? What's a, what's a, what's an option? You know what I mean? What is another option? We do have a phone call. I'm going to get this real quick. You're on the mic with the Pascal show. What's your name and where are you calling from? Enemy Nation. Enemy Nation, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Enemy? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? Look, I, I really don't like talking about this stuff because I prefer actually to leave the schools closed till next semester because it's too much of a political football. However, um, when you're dealing with viruses and, and uh, contagion, pandemics and stuff like that, it's never... It's never about raw numbers, mm -hmm. like how many people die. It's always about a percentile. Now, the first 
Now, you know, the H1, the H1N1 came in March of 2009. Mm-hmm. By April, nearly 80 kids had died of the H1N1 flu. But nobody, but you didn't hear this pandemonium. I, I remember uh, CNN said that Trump had blood on his hands when there were only five people that had died from COVID, which was the first death was nearly three months after COVID was released. But there was never a pandemonium about uh, the H1N1 flu. Everybody was totally chill. Nobody worried about it. Right. They closed down schools for a couple of weeks uh, at the end of the year. But then the very next school year, the, the schools were open. Nobody worried about it. So in that regard, you have to under, you have to figure out how much death. Because I heard, you know, Tom talk about little caskets and all that. That's 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 going with emotion. You know, it's facts. There are going to be little caskets. That's a fact. Yeah. Okay. That'll be little caskets, but that's not how you go about determining the mortality rate. And also, I'm I'm seeing damage. Okay, but I'm also seeing here that H1N1 killed 12,500 people in the United States over the course of the year. We're less than a year into that, and we're like over over 125,000. I mean, it's yeah, at the very many, least how, 10 how many, times how, worse how in were, half the time. I don't know what you're talking about. How many people were infected? How many people were infected with the H1N1? In, in the United States, they said there were uh, 60.8 million cases of swine flu okay. between April of 2009 and April 2010 with 12,500 deaths and 274,000 hospitalizations. Right. I understand it. So, you know, that... Honestly, that's a that's a horizontal uh, uh, argument. You know what I mean? And I'm and if I if we had time, I would go all into that because I sent actually sent Pascal an email about a week ago that sent to you of the comparison between the Trump administration's handling of COVID and the uh, Obama administration handling of H1N1. But they're so, totally different. The the okay. So how many people? How many people can you stomach? that would die, how many children, if they went to school, what is the percentile or the number? Because it's got to be comparable to the Obama administration. So how many kids would you say, well, look, before we have, before we panic, how many, how many, how many is that we can stomach? Well, before we get concerned, because you got different. Levels. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in a position to put that on there. But what I will tell you is that in half they're talking about 12,500 people died of H1N1 between April of 2009 and April of 2010. That's over 12 months. In six months, we have 10 times that many deaths from COVID. It's, it's, not, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. It's a totally different thing. Well, I mean, people like to compare Ebola. You know what I'm saying? But, we're, we're, talking about, we're, talking about a, we're talking about a disease, H1N1. Is a disease that was easy to detect. It shouldn't have even been twelve thousand. It's an easy disease to detect because all you got to do is find out if a person had a fever or not. You know what I'm saying? Where COVID is asymptomatic, asymptomatic for up to fourteen days. Mm-hmm. So, which 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 disease do you would you rather combat? A disease that oh, if you got a fever, you know, 
you probably got it. Go isolate. Go do whatever. Go to the hospital. Go to the doctor. Or somebody that can be carrying it, like a, a, a werewolf gene or a vampire gene for 14 days, and then all of a sudden they turn on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's much e- it was much easier to contain H1N1. However, you got, what, 60 million, 60.8 million people that was infected with it? Come on. So I'm yeah. saying not you make the decision, not you make the decision, but uh, the people, the powers that be have to make the decisions just like black on black, just like, just like cops killing black. Blacks have to come up with a decision like how much percentile, not numbers, and it could be numbers, but what percent of the population gets killed by cops before we say, hey, look, this is, this is an epidemic. You see what I'm saying? But if it's two or three or four or five uh, a year, that's not a, you know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not a, a epidemic. So when it comes to flus uh, and so on and so forth, because there are a lot of kids, there, there, there are several thousand kids that die every year of just the flu. So you have to say, okay, well, what percentile, what percentile can, we, can, can we start raising these levels? The first level might be yellow. The second level might be blue, or the first level might be uh, blue. Second level might be yellow. Third level might be orange. And then the highest level might be red. Okay, so as these deaths start to go up, you start to raise these levels. When it starts to get into that, that yellow-orange level, then you say, okay, we need to start pulling these kids out. You see what I'm saying? But to just sit and say, hey, no, uh, we're not going to let the kids go because of uh, 0.00%, it, it doesn't justify it. Because that's what I'm saying. But me, frankly, I, w- I would like them to keep the schools closed. That way, uh, if something happens, because at the first death of a child, what they're going to say is, well, you know, uh, the Republicans, the conservatives, they want these kids. Now we got a child death. So everything is going to be on a, a, a high And they, they wouldn't be wrong. Well, okay, well, I mean, you know, like I said, look at those, look at those deaths in H1N1. You know what I mean? That, at, that were one-tenth of what they food. are, that, that were one-tenth of what they we're are right about, now we're, in we're twice the time. Children. We're, I'm talking about children. We're talking about school. You said children are a little casket. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Stay on pad. We're talking about children. We're not talking about everybody. We're not talking, and most of those deaths that, you, that you're claiming, these are older people. These are seniors that die. That's We've already talked about the there are a lot of teachers that are older teachers, and these people, they, their kids go home to older parents sometimes. True. It's, it's, and you also got to remember, yeah. sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Tom. I know that you know this. there's a conversation going on, but here it is. You also got to remember there's a lot of kids that do, not sitting here saying that there's a large majority of kids that are dying from this, but there are kids who are actually dying from it as well. I'm not sitting here saying that there's multiple uh uh, cases out there of, of deaths within kids at a certain age. But at the same time, there are kids that are dying from it because of, they have any sort of pre-existing diseases, any pre-existing ailments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So at the same time, you got to be safe to a certain extent. Like, you know, now I understand, like you said, hey, I think that they should keep the doors closed, uh, schools closed. So great. 
that you think that. Um, but it is unfortunate that, I mean, if this was if this was a situation where Democrats were sitting there going, hey, because you said this too, uh, if Democrats were sitting there saying, hey, we, we need to close, we need to open our doors, we need to do all this stuff, hell yeah, they, and, and say that there were little caskets, as Tom just eloquently put a little bit a little bit ago, they would definitely blame everything on the Democrats for sure. I mean, it's the Absolutely. same thing. This is, it's the same thing. It's not like it's like, hey, oh, because the Republican, oh, we got to put all the blame on the Republicans. The Republicans are saying this. They're the ones right now, at least, that are going, hey, we must open our door. We must open the schools. So, of course, they're going to get the brunt of the blame. If it was the Democrats, they'd get the same thing. I, I don't think anybody would be I don't think people either side would be safe from this, like walking out on skates. There's still people out there that are going to feel or think some type of way if a side if majority of one side is saying so. You see what I'm saying? So when you say that, yep. well, so I- when you say that, you, you look at those things. Let's just be completely straight funky on that, man. If the situation was different, well, I think that their mind would go, go ahead. ahead. I, I think their mind would change if they if they start cutting off these uh these uh uh what they call the uh, unemployment checks and they start cutting off these money. I think them you know I think liberals' minds would change uh, overnight. Literally, if they say, "Hey, look, we're not gonna we're, we're, you can teach your kids out of school, you know what I mean, but we're gonna for the teachers we're gonna cut that federal funding." We're going to cut that money, you know, then the minds would change. They'd be like, hey, look, open up the schools because we got to work. And isn't that what's going on right now? As long as they can can sit on the couch watching Netflix all day and not worry about a check and not worry about making income and they get a check uh, for unemployment because of COVID, they can can say, hey, look, we don't need to go to school, not why risk it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... It just depends on it just depends on the situation. Me personally, like I said, I'd rather the school, school stay closed because the, the the slightest incident with this with, with what happens in the school is not going to be looked at a, through as a as a as a uh, objective lens. It's always going to be skewed towards it's uh, their fault. Just like before uh, the midterm election, some nut some bombs to Obama and and uh, George Soros and some other people, and it, it, it kind of killed the momentum that uh, they were talking about a red wave. It kind of killed that momentum. So I'm like, look, keep the schools closed. Let these let these let these solid majority just stay angry. You know what I mean? Because the so, moment that the moment that you give them a reason, you know, it's going to kill that momentum. So, so you're, you want to keep the schools closed to protect Republicans from criticism, not to save children's lives. Hey, Am I look, getting that right? Look, look my, my, my mindset, my, my reason for keeping the school is just as good as yours. No, um, it isn't. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> no, it is because, not. Because look, because look, <laughs> it, it, it really is. It really no, it is. Isn't. Because my, look, my, my point of view is this. A zero point Zero zero point one percent of deaths among COVID victims being under the age of eighteen does not justify closing down an entire country's school system. It doesn't justify, and the and the percentile of death, the one hundred and so thousand, 
that doesn't justify closing down the entire but, economy. But that's just that's just because cheap. Two hundred and fifty thousand people die a year from medical malpractice. But it's de- it's deceptive math. You can make anything sound minuscule by making it a percentage of the total population. Is, I mean, we could say that we never should have gone to war with Afghanistan after 9-11 because 5,000 people is just such a minuscule percentage of people in the United States. We should just ignore that because, you know, more people of that die in the flu in a month during an average flu season. There's no reason to respond to that crisis at all. I mean, I just worry that if we get to the point where we're talking about lives, actual beating hearts as a percentage, we lose our humanity entirely. We do it every day. We do it every day. How many, what percentage of the population die of uh, regular flu influenza? What percentage of the the population dies of diabetes and heart attack? You know what I mean? What percentage of people die on just driving to work every day? What percentage of people die of of gun violence? But you're also comparing... We do that every day. But here what it is. What are you talking about? Enemy, you're, you're, but you're comparing those things to things that we are already, that, like, that we can prevent, that we know about. You see what I'm saying? That we can try to at least prevent. You know, I can't, I mean, I can't uh, save somebody from a car accident. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But at the same time, when we are in a situation where there's a pandemic and it's a disease and a virus that we don't know about, that we don't fully understand, if we can find ways to prevent our young people to our old people from from getting infected from this, then we got to do whatever we can by any means necessary. This is not influenza. This is something, hold on enemy, enemy, hold on. This is something that we don't know. This is, this is the unknown. This is an unknown disease. This is an unknown virus that we don't know anything about. Flu is one thing. Cancer is another thing. Uh, a, a car accident is another thing. Heart attack is another thing. We all know about those things. But if we can find a way to stop something from happening to our, our loved ones on a vi- virus that we don't know anything about, we should do by any means necessary to try to stop that from happening to the people that we love. Zero percent should be the answer to anything. We don't want anybody to die. Zero. So if we can do that and implement something in a safe way, whether you're Republican or Democrat, everybody, zero percent. That is the goal. We got to go into a quick commercial break. Enemy Nation, thank you so much for calling in, my brother. Have a great day. Jumped onto the conversation down below. We got to jump into a commercial break, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Anyway, we got to go into a quick commercial break. We will be right back. This is the Pascal Show. Keep the conversation going down below. We'll be right back. Bye. What's up, guys? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If this is your first time checking out the show, please go hit that like button down below. And if you haven't done that yet, and this is the first time of you checking out the show, crush that subscribe button. All right. We got to jump into this. It's time for uh, a little movie review. I got a chance to see something and so did Tom. So I'm excited about talking about this movie. It's a little it's time for what the hell did I just watch? Had your wife and had your husband because they raped the name out here. What the hell? It's going to be a no for me, dog. Hey, what the hell did I just watch? Yes. And today's topic, the, today's movie that we got to check out is called Palm Springs. It's on Hulu right now as we speak. It stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Melody. Uh, it is uh, when Carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs 
uh, wedding, things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. Wild, wild stuff. So, anyway, Andy Sandberg is the uh, star of... Uh, uh, what? I forgot the show. I forgot the name of the show. What's the name Brooklyn of the show? Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Thank you. And, uh, you know, obviously he is uh, doing his thing, playing the male lead in this in this movie. Now, I don't know the girl. I've never heard of the girl in my life. I don't know what who she is. Kristen Milotti, um, you know, uh, or Miliati. Sorry. Miliati. Uh, I've never heard of this woman in, in my whole entire life, but apparently she's in Wolf of Wall Street, um, The Brass Teapot, and Fargo, and she's in, in an episode of Black Mirror. Uh, but anyway, uh, the show, the movie, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's a fun, you don't have to think that much type of movie. Um, it's very, very Groundhog's Day, so you know spoiler if you haven't seen the trailer it pretty much says in the trailer they pretty much relive the same day over and over and over again and they relive this thing over and over and over again together um so it's a little bit of a romantic comedy uh slash like sci-fi type of movie um and i thought it was really nice you know it was very enjoyable it's fun it's light um definitely during these times of something that we it's something that we need you know just something light and fun and just you know make you feel good a little bit you know tommy what do you think oh i loved it i mean i uh it was recommended to me by an old co-worker and so i you know i usually like andy sandberg movies i mean you know i i like crude humor and while this has some of that crude Lonely Island humor in it. It's not like your typical Lonely Island movie, like Hot Rod or Pop Star or anything like that. It, it is more along the lines of a romantic comedy, although there are still some body humorous points in it that made me laugh out loud. But it was, I really enjoyed it. It's very, you know, it's similar in Groundhog's Day, where they repeat a day over and over again. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it, it's different enough that I think that it works on its own. And uh, I think it raises some other philosophical questions uh, that maybe Groundhog Day didn't get as much into is like, you know, how should you live your life if you're stuck in an infinite loop? Um, yeah. And it was, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good movie. I thought the actors were good in it. The script was tight. It was yeah. funny. Um, you know, I just, it's been so long since I've seen a new movie since theaters are closed and everything's, you know, all the movies are being delayed. It was nice to actually sit down and watch a good movie. Yeah. It's um, been a long time. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. Uh, there's been uh, some time. I know that I've been talking about it a little bit on the on the show where I've just been like, yo, what's good to watch? Like, what can we watch that's any good? Because honestly, I've been having the hardest time finding something that isn't something I've already seen or a series that was on TV, but not on TV anymore, but it happens to be on Netflix or Hulu or prime video. Um, and so it was nice to see something original. And actually I'm going to say this too on some straight funky stuff, man. I was happy that Hulu actually made a movie or got behind a movie that was actually good. <laughs> Let me just say that because there's a lot of Hulu movies out there that you're like, wow, how and why was this movie ever freaking made? Oh, it's a Hulu movie. That's why. So there's a lot of that. Uh, this one was very nicely done. It was fun. There was, you know, the only thing is, is that in the third act, there was a little bit of a, 
something that goes down where the 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 female lead uh starts to figure things out and in that regard in that moment i just was like man that's a cop out that's just my personal opinion uh because they're obviously stuck in this loop and they're like how do you get out of this loop and she goes out of her way to try to figure some things out and it goes into another realm another way it it, it takes it a, a a left turn a little bit not saying that it's not feasible but it just seemed a little odd to me um and just felt like a little bit of a cop-out to try to wrap the story up you know like let's get to the point yeah they're they 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 live infinite lives in this loop and they can die 15 million different ways and get drunk every single day blah 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 but the, the, the it just felt like they were trying to rush to the ending understandably they you know a movie like this where you only have a hour and a half to 2 hours uh it, it, to put a story out there you can't just keep looping over and over again with no results no uh you know, with no, uh, what's the word climax, you know? Um, so that was a little bit, that kind of took me out of the movie just a tiny bit, but I thought Andy Samberg was really great. Um, I don't know who this Chris, Kristen, uh, Miliati, uh, woman is, but yeah, she, I think she, she, she might've been on uh, how you met your mother. That might've been where she kind of got famous. I'm uh, not sure. Okay. Because I, I've never seen her before, but she was enjoyable. I enjoyed her. Yeah. I thought they they had I thought they had really decent chemistry. Um and it's been a long time so, since I've seen a movie with Andy Samberg in it that I didn't find him annoying. Wait, no, this is probably the first movie I've ever seen him in where I didn't find him annoying. Sorry. <laughs> I just you know. Ah, well, no, I take that back. There was that other movie where he was like the where he was like a a a a, a Justin Bieber type. I thought oh, he was pop star. Pop star. Yeah, pop star. I yeah. thought he was really, really funny in that. But yeah, I thought, you know, out of a, a movie that hasn't, you know, right now during this time that we are thirsty and thirsting for some new content out there, I thought it was a really fun movie. Um, it was really enjoyable. And I give it two and a half stars out of five. No, three. Three stars out of five. Most definitely. But check it out. It's a fun one. It's definitely something you could turn on in the background while you're cleaning <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's one of those movies where you, you don't have to you don't have to watch every second of the movie you know um but it was enjoyable um and it made me smile i'll say that too not only because i didn't really laugh that much during the movie but it definitely did make me smile because mm. there's some moments in there that were really enjoyable oh by the way if you're a big fan of jk simmons the the beast the man is in the movie as well jk simmons and he's a beast. He's really good. At he that. was really great in that movie. And I wish there was more of him in this movie, to be really honest, because he was the one who made me really smile, to be really honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, enjoyable movie. Check it out if you can. It's on Hulu right now. All right. Anyway, let's jump into some more news, shall we? So, Tommy boy, let's talk about this. Um, the epic failure with uh US election officials they uh the warn uh, they warn about a, a a November chaos due to budget crunch what's going on with yeah. that yeah well uh you know obviously we have an election coming in up uh, coming up in November coming in up and coming in up <laughs> coming in up <laughs> coming in up i'm not i'm not no no uh, yeah no we got it we got an election coming up and 
with the COVID, there's going to a lot of a lot of election stations, a lot of places are saying we need increased funding to make this election work because of COVID. We need more money for, you know, just to set things up, to separate the voting booths. We need money to get mail-in balloting, which Republicans have said repeatedly they're just not going to do. Uh, but as part of the COVID relief, I think they allocated something like $400 million uh, to local election places to kind of get them COVID ready. But the thing is, is that like independent analysis shows that these voting places need $4 billion, not $400 million, <laughs> They need $4 billion oh. to make this election go off. Dang. And the House Democrats passed a $3.6 billion election funding, you know, COVID response. Uh, Republicans said they're absolutely not going to do it because of mail-in balloting. I guess Republicans believe that mail-in balloting is not a secure form of voting, that it's sub, you know subject to fraud. But there's been very little, if any, evidence showing that mail-in balloting can, you know, does lead to widespread fraud. So it's very likely that come November, we're going to see hours long lines and people not being able to vote and people disenfranchised. Um, wow. So yeah, we got that to look forward to. <laughs> That'll yeah. be fun. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't even know what to say to that, to respond to that. Jack, what do you think, man? What I mean, there's already, uh, thousands of mail-in ballots have been rejected for tardiness or for just not being signed. And so, like, even in the places that are having mail-in ballots, like, the like they're just going to go un- uncounted for a variety of different reasons. So even people that take the, you know, the time to fill it out and send it in, just like as normal, if you show up and you don't sign your election or your, your ballot ticket or whatever it is, like, you're not, it's not being submitted. So 65,000 absentee or mail-in ballots have been rejected uh, so far. Wow. So wow. that's just on lo- local things, so not... Not the federal. So not on the grand you know what scale. I did over this weekend. Hmm. I, I I did my taxes online over this weekend. I think it's really interesting that you can submit your taxes online. They have no problem taking your money online, mm-hmm. but when it comes to you picking out a president, somehow that's not secure enough. Right. Taxes online, that's perfectly secure and fine. Nobody worries about that. Voting, on the other hand, oh no, that that can't possibly possibly work. Man, but, yeah. Mm. I mean, they're not even doing mail-in mail-in voting, which is just insane. Yeah, I mean, Trump, I, Trump's already done mail-in voter fraud uh, this year uh, when he claimed to have been a um, he was trying to vote in Florida and claimed to be a resident of Florida on on the on like the thing was filled out incorrectly, uh, and they they made a change. But someone you know, there's a similar case where somebody did it and they got prosecuted to the full extent of the law for it. Right. Even though they just made a mistake, I guess you know the president gets gets that pass. Mm. Well, so. yeah. interesting. Well, here's a question: Who okay. would he be able to pardon himself? Because he, you know, he's he's gone a pardoning spree now with all of his mm-hmm. criminal friends. Would he be able to pardon himself? If he, I don't know how that works. Well, I'm assuming you're referencing Roger Stone. I am. He hasn't, he hasn't pardoned him. He they commuted him a, his sentence. It commuted him. Yeah. Sure. Pardon means that you uh, are guilty. Right. Whereas if he commuted, that means there's no guilt, and he also still doesn't have to testify. So, 
Hmm. Yeah. So that's what it means. Yeah. So that's what it means. Yeah. With I mean, Roger Stone. Someone, since you're already, you're already because you're already segueing into the Roger Stone thing. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about that. So Trump commutes advisor Roger Stone. So what the heck is going on? Let's go. Yeah. I mean, uh, Roger Stone was found guilty of lying to Congress. Uh, uh, he lied about his connections to WikiLeaks and Russians and was found guilty by a jury and sentenced to prison. And Trump said, no, I don't trust the jury process. And I think this was a witch hunt from day one. And this should have never been done. And even if he did lie to Congress, it, it started on a bad note. So... Roger Stone doesn't have to go to jail now. Must be nice to have friends in high places, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. Hmm. I know that there's a lot of people that think that he, that Trump did the right thing. I know that there's a lot of, obviously, supporters that do believe mm-hmm. that Roger Stone got what he deserved. Like, as far as, like, him commuting, uh, his, commuting advisor uh, Roger Stone, they obviously, they, there's a lot of people that are going, yes, good. You know, Trump did the right thing right there. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, you take care of the people that don't snitch on you, right? Right. Yeah, you take <laughs> care of your own. You know, you take care of your own. You know, I run this and that's town. What's hap- that's what seems to have happened in this case is that, you know, he went in front, said he didn't do anything, st- stood by his word, even though people had evidence against him. And then, you know, basically kept his mouth shut. Mm. And, you know, it's a, um, I don't know, it, it definitely, it, there's a lot of prosecutors out there that have stepped down off these cases. There are large groups of, uh, you know, previous, and uh, you know, attorney generals that are, and attorney prosecutors that are writing letters in saying, hey, um, you know, I don't agree with this and this is wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mueller has, has come out of the silence to say that he's going to now you know, give uh, possibly testify again and yeah. talk uh, openly in the public about, you know, yeah. the Mueller report because Trump is taking this to say, yeah, the whole thing was a hoax. Whereas like, you know, it's twisting how things went down. Yeah. I mean, I'll quote in the public side. Yeah. I mean, I'll quote, I mean, I'll just quote Republican Mitt Romney, who apparently is the only Republican left with anything resembling a spine. But uh, he said on Twitter, he said, unprecedented historic corruption. An American president commutes the sentence of a person convicted by a jury of lying to shield that very president. So I, I can't say it ain't better than Mitt Romney myself. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that was the standard bearer for the Republican Party just eight years ago. Uh, real quick, so, real quick before we jump into it, uh, somebody, uh, somebody's trying to call in. So I'm going to pick this up real quick. All right, you're on the mic with the Pascal Show. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, is this Pascal Show? Yes, it is. What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Genghis. I'm calling from Oregon. What's up, man? <clears throat> What's up, Genghis? What's up, Genghis? Hey. What up, man? What's good? I'm, I'm good. I want to get on with Pascal. <laughs> What's up, man? Speak on it. Is this you? Yeah, it's me. If you're looking at the screen, oh, it's me. Okay. I'm talking. I've never called into something like this, and there's a delay, and I was like, how come I don't see you? All oh, right. yeah. No, it's me right here. You're okay, watching so the video. number one, uh, uh, this thing about, yeah, yeah, I see you. I see you. <laughs> okay. What's up? So this thing uh, with uh, Roger Stone, 
the reason that Donald Trump commuted his sentence is is that uh, one of the jurors they found out before she ever became a juror that that she uh, she went on Twitter and she made it very known that she hates Trump and that she's going to do anything she can to stop him from uh, becoming president. Blah blah blah. That's why he committed his his sentence. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, Mitt Romney. That dude has hated Trump from number one. Why would anyone take his opinion? Why don't you choose somebody like Lindsey Graham? I agree with him and disagree with him a lot. He takes Trump's side and then he goes against him. Yeah. But uh, how about you ask me some? How about you ask your viewers a call or something? But what do you want to know about me or my opinion? Okay. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Well, what are your thoughts on it? You know, what are your thoughts on, on him, on Trump commuting uh, Roger Stone? Well, knowing that Carter Page, uh, who is it? Lisa Page, Carter Struck, Clapper, Brennan, um, Clapper, Brennan, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff. There's there's a lot of a lot of people. I can't name them all. Yes, I agree with with him uh, committing his, his sentence, and also who's the other guy? The one, uh, Michael Flynn. You know they have evidence of 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 struck in his notes. It's called a 302. It disappeared. They can't find it all of a sudden. There there are notes that say specifically that they were done investigating Michael Flynn because they had nothing on him. But they went into a meeting with Obama and Joe Biden, and this is fact. You can find it if if you really want to look it up. And don't look, don't click the first thing you see because Google, being every one of them, the first two or three pages is just filled with propaganda that's against people on the right. Let me make this clear: I am a Native American, and I am Latino. I faced racism my entire life. Every state I've lived in, Alabama. Mississippi, Louisiana, Oregon, New Jersey, Colorado, face racism from white people in every one of those cities. But guess what? I face racism from black people too. And even my own people, even my own people hate me. You know why? Just because my part of my family is black. So this thing where they keep making it seem like people on the right or conservatives are just racist, that's, that's, can we cuss? No. No. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Okay. All right, that that that's that's bull, that's bull, making it seem like. Uh, for a long time, I hated white people. I despised white people. As a matter of fact, I would say or do anything to make sure that white people didn't didn't have success. I would set white people up. If so, if a white person bought drugs for me, I'd make sure I thin down the coke, or that I put sticks in their weed. I, I really don't like this atmosphere these days where it makes it seem like it's just white people and it's just conservatives. That's a lie. All this confusion, all this chaos and the hate, it's on all sides. It's on all sides, and that's a major reason why there's so much confusion. Hmm. I I agree with you that racism can be found anywhere. My question is, though, I mean, from where I'm standing, and I, I, I'm, I'm obviously liberal, but uh, do you see where people might be concerned that racism racists have found a a home in the republican party i mean yes there there was a story just this weekend with tucker carlson his his head writer was called out because he was 
he had an all he had a, another identity online where he was going out and saying horrendously racist stuff. Is Tucker Carlson's head writer? He writes all the stuff that Tucker reads off the teleprompter. The guy is basically running the show over at Tucker Carlson is a racist yeah. troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Miller, who is Trump's uh, you know senior aide and speechwriter. Uh, was caught a couple of years ago sending white supremacist literature through email to his coworkers. Um, do you, do you, I, I, I'm not attacking you, but yeah. I, I'm just asking, do you see Let where me, people I'll on the other side might look at Republicans and be like, in, in all, all it's, see, <clears throat> I have a very, I have a very profound, uh, uh, I have a very profound, what is the, the word I'm looking for? Viewpoint. Yeah, perspective. Yes, a very profound viewpoint when it comes to race because because I'm part Native American. I've never been part of a group. My own people barely exist, and they don't even accept me. So every group—black people, Hispanics, white people, Asian people—I've always been on the outside looking in. And sometimes they let me in. They let me be a part of the group. That's a whole long story I could get into. So back to what you said about Tucker Carlson and, and the racism. Homie, everyone has some sort of prejudice. That's that's in general. But then when you get down smaller, you get these smaller groups, like you say, with uh, like uh, wh- who's uh, Tucker Carlson's writer. I actually looked into that, and he didn't say anything racist. He just uh, he didn't correct people that were saying racist things, and and he was participating in conversations that were racist. But he didn't say. Th- things that were racist per se himself. Uh, I've got a list here of things he did say. I was going to say. extremely racist. Yeah. Oh, well, Wait, hold on, I'm not going to read them on the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, yeah, we let's hear them. All, all right. Well, maybe maybe that's true. Maybe you found something that I didn't find. But I'm not going to stray off, off the topic. What you said was about these, these groups of racism that are hiding, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they do. There's there. They are there, and there's nothing you could do about it. Some people are going to hold these beliefs about white people, about black people, no matter what you do or say. That being said, you don't throw away everything just because there's there's a few bad apples. It's a, it's on the other side too. People. So okay, I agree with you. There are racists that work for Tucker Carlson. There's racists that work for President Trump. There's racists that are in the Senate and the Congress. They're they're all over the place. But you know what, homie, on the other side, and I know this for a fact because I used to be one of those racists with black people. There are racists on the Black Lives Matter side and the white liberal side as well. They hate their own kind. They mm-hmm. want to destroy their own, their own heritage and everything about it. But I'm going to let you in on something about uh, liberal white people. It, let's just say, for instance, that, that Black Lives Matter, liberal white people, these organizations on the left gain all the leverage and they control the government and they begin changing the way that things are going on in society. I've got a really rude awakening for you white liberals. You're not going to be treated fair. You were never, you were never going to be treated equal. You were never going to be a fair partner in this with us. You're just being used, just like the white liberals are using these people on Black Lives Matter. Not all white liberals. I'm sorry. I need to uh, come up with a better term than that. The neo-Marxists that are hiding within the, the white liberal uh, movement, 
they're just using you too. So most white liberals, you're just pawns. You're just pawns in a game that's bigger than you. And most of the black people, they're just pawns too. Okay. <laughs> and if they ever get control, they and their friends and the people that help them get to the top, they're going to take control and they're going to undermine our constitution and they're going to change things so that, so that we go from a, a, a open society to a society where you can be blackmailed extorted, threatened, or canceled if you do anything that they don't agree with, as we're already seeing. Sorry I talked for so long. You're good, brother. You're good. Um, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. You were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't necessarily believe that I'm being duped. I would say on the other side of things, the modern Republican Party was born out of a reaction to the civil rights movement and the Southern strategy, and that, you know, the through line through most of Republican politics, at least in my lifetime, has been racism. No, Donald no, Trump is I'm, Donald I'm, no, Trump. Gonna, hang on. No, hang no, on. I want to correct you, Tom. I'm going to correct you. The Republican Party was started specifically to fight slavery and polygamy. That is a fact. And from then on, the first senators and, and uh, black senators and congresspeople were in, uh, I believe it was 1870 and 1871. I'm, yeah, they I'm talking about the 1960s and 1970s. It we can change. talk about 150 yeah. years so ago all day. For, for, uh, for about 50 years, Senator Tom Byrd, the, the freaking grand wizard of the KKK, was the head of the Democratic Party for almost 50 years. They have a library for him and everything. Yes, he's... The racism is on the left. It's always been on. on I'm sorry. The left. Who's president right now? Is it the guy that was asking for President Donald Obama's Trump birth certificate for eight you know, years? Donald Trump. That's how he became president. 80s. Is by stoking Since the 80s and the 90s, Donald Trump was considered a worldwide mogul. No one ever called him a racist. And on top of that, he was I called watched a racist a couple in episodes. a 1990 book where they said he wanted to not see uh, any uh, black people, black employees, on the casino floor when he went to visit. And there, he he denied. He, he he discriminated against African Americans in the New York housing market in the seventies. His who grandfather was in the KKK. Who yeah, wants a long to invest history in the property? I, I no. Let's go. Okay, since we're jumping on to to, Don, to uh, Donald Trump, let me tell you my how I became a Donald Trump supporter. I didn't like Donald Trump. I never watched him. I never followed him. I was just like everybody else. I considered him to be a very superficial, shallow parasite who just takes advantage of people. Your first but instinct was what, right. What began to change my mind was when he announced that he was going to be president, I laughed too. Me and, my, me and my roommate, we had a good old laugh about that. That stupid old SOB. He ain't never going to be elected. But... The weeks following that, I started paying attention to the news about this. This was interesting. And I noticed that of all the candidates, there was only one person that they focused 24-7 negative news. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Why, why are they going so hardcore on Trump? He's pretty stupid. There's no way he could become president. And then it occurred to me, oh, Max, your life has been destroyed by people who hated you because you were more talented than them or smarter than them or more capable than them in what they do. So I started paying more and more attention, and I started investigating uh, Donald Trump. <clears throat> that show, what is that show he used to do? The, uh, the Apprentice. The Apprentice. I saw him stand up for 
the gay guy from Star Trek. What was his name? I'm sorry, I don't know all these names. I, I'm not in the pop Takei. culture. M- George Mr. Takei. Zoo, Mr. Sulu, yeah, right? George Wasn't Takei. That his yeah. name? He stood up for him on the show against uh, a white person. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he's homosexual and he's Asian. And I saw him stand up to white people for Arsenio Hall, too, on his show. On his <clears> show. <throat> On, on his, his okay, show. Now I'm going to go farther. Let's just say that there is a black Donald Trump let a black woman live in his uh, in his uh, Trump towers for free for more than a decade now. I don't know if she still lives there for free for free. Never paid rent. He has you know all his properties across the world. Do you know who the majority of the employees are? Minorities. The majority of them are. <clears throat> and I could keep going on and on and on. I don't think. I don't think you, Tom, I don't know much about Jack. He doesn't say much. He, he's, he's, <laughs> he's slick like that. But you, Tom, you, you're very opinionated, and I don't have nothing wrong with that. But I don't think there's anything I could say to convince you that Donald Trump is a better choice. That being said, me personally, I don't have to work for a living. I can sit at home all day and do whatever I want, and I spend the majority of my time researching politics. On both sides, I watch CNN Fox, NBC, MSNBC, Breitbart, uh, any major news you can think of, I watch it. And then I even shriek down to the conspiracy theorists because a lot of people keep going, you think that uh, all these are conspiracies? No, they're not. They're not all conspiracies. If you had as much time as I do, which is 24 hours a day to do anything I want, whenever I want, you would find these things too. But I assume you people have families, you have lives, you have a lot of things you do. And that's that's why it's so difficult to figure out what's going on. Because the mainstream media, and that includes Fox News, the mainstream media knows that you don't have time to delve into this and research this. You've got to be a, a freaking professor to keep up with, with what's going on. That is true. <clears throat> I'll agree on that. But there are certain, but there, I mean, but there are certain things where you don't need to be a professor. I mean, I think everyone remembers Donald Trump's racist campaign that he ran of saying Barack Obama, and I don't mean political. I mean, during Barack Obama's eight years, he was running around saying Barack Obama is an African and has no right being president. That is that is some insidious the woman, racism, the woman who, and that's how he built woman- his brand. That is. That's how he built his brand is by this racist attack on the first black president saying he's not even an American with no proof for it whatsoever. You know, that's how he built his brand was racism. And I'm sorry, but he he staffed his his senior aide and head speechwriter is a white supremacist. Yeah. To say that this is anything other than a white supremacist movement, I, I think is disingenuous. It's how it he built his brand. It's how he got on the national scene, and he stacked why, his why did he cabinet. Have, why did he bring? He invites black people to the White House all the time. He invited them We're to optics. the White House more yeah. than once. No, it, it was wasn't. It wasn't just optics. He's went to multiple. So it was optics for him to give the HBCUs continued funding, no matter what. It brings it, it up op- every it time anyone it, yeah yeah well, of course he would why wouldn't he why he has to because the news 24 7 365 no matter what he says or does it's just wrong he's bad bad orange man bad you then, know, the, okay you know so how, then genghis then, then that's I'm, counterproductive so genghis, okay let's move to the media uh-huh. you know how counterproductive that is 24 7 365 no matter what a person does he's just wrong if 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 I was friends with CNN, let's just say CNN was a real life person 
and they were t- and they were coming to me every day speaking negative about one person just over and over. Oh, he's a racist, and he does this, and he says that. You know, after about a day or two of that, I would turn to this person. And I'd be like, homie, um, why is he living in your head for free so much? And why are you telling me about him so much? If you don't like him so much, then why don't you do something about it? Why don't you do something productive and something positive on the other side rather than moaning and complaining about this person? And you know why? Because it's nothing but but them. It, it, it's a plot to undermine and destabilize not only Donald Trump. He He's just, he's just standing in the way of what... Uh, neo-Marxist and other groups want. <clears throat> Once they get through Donald Trump, they're going to come for us. And no matter what anyone says, no matter what the news says, I'm going to be on the right. And I'm going to let y'all know something else too. If a civil war comes, I'm going to be on the right as well. And I, and to be completely honest with you, I kind of hope it happens. I'm sick of sitting around yeah. and waiting. Most, most people that bring happen. up an impending civil war seem to think they want it to happen, which I think is a sick ideology, but all right. I think one was enough. I'm I'm sick of the games. I'm sick of, of the undermining. I'm sick of not knowing who's who. I want the lines to be drawn, and I want to know what's going on, and I want this to be settled. Right on, Gagas. Hey, uh, well, I hope the civil war never happens. That's horrible. I mean, I I don't want a civil war to happen either. I think that there's there's a much more diplomatic way of getting things and getting ideas across and and sitting at a table and finding ways to find a happy medium on some things. And yes, maybe we are going to continue to just have Republican and Democrats, and that's it, it. It is what it is. Maybe there's a third party that needs to be erected. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I really do think that um, here it is. Because you did say a lot, Genghis, and of course, we unfortunately, we're going to have to hang up with you after after this. But here it is. OK, when you say Trump is showing that he's doing all these things or he's done these things uh, for for the betterment of African-Americans, for black people, you know, the whole nine that you just said. Now, the thing is, is you also got to remember, though, too. If he the only reason why he's leaning on the things like he says, oh, the things that he's done for funding for HBCUs, the the exoneration of of uh, of black prisoners, et cetera, et cetera. Now, now I understand I understand that he's done things, certain things for black people, for the black community, but he's only done certain things for the black community that he just seems to keep talking about and bringing up over and over again. If he really is for the betterment of the African-American community or the black community, he should be continually uh, adding to that list of things that he does for the black community. If he's only done one thing or he's just bringing Kanye in because Kanye is giving him praise or he's doing certain things to show that it's just an opportunity it is just for publicity it's for him to look good if he's going to have a young uh the young black uh business uh leaders of america or whatever it was i forgot what it was called you know yeah he had those he had those meetings but at the same time those were opportunities for him to look good for his black vote for his future black vote if he really was about doing more things and doing things for the black community He'd be he having a laundry he list did. of things. He's had multiple meetings that were not in public. Multiple meetings that were not in public. Okay. If He's he had, had multiple, multiple meetings. Multiple meetings with individuals, with black individuals, black business owners that you don't know about, that you'll never know about. Because you don't want to know. That, it's that simple, Pascal. Uh-huh. None of y'all want to know. He does all kinds of things that you don't know about, but yeah. you don't want to know. 
Actually, that, that's not that's true. Really, that's really that's what it comes down Genghis, to, homie. I've had to go smoke my bud and continue <laughs> living my rich life and and doing me and not having to worry about all this uh, petty ass shit that's going on. This is bull, bro. Come on, y'all man. don't want to see. We did you, ask you, you not to. You don't want to open your mind. Hey, you're a you just talk. wanted to pretend. You just on, wanted man. to pretend that you were yeah, non-biased. Yeah, that's yeah. what you wanted you to do. No, that's not it, Genghis. Hold up, Genghis. That's not. You wanted to pretend that you're non-biased. Nothing I say is 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 going to make sense to you. Wait, wait, wait. You know, if you if you point some things, if you point something, this is the whole. No, this is the whole point of having a conversation. I'll man, you see, what, this is the problem Pascal, with people. No, this is the problem with people, 6, man. You subs, automatically, you, you automatically, and you, and you average eighteen views right, a day. There's a reason call, for that. There's a reason for that. I'm done here. Moving on. Man, you. All right. <laughs> Go with God, my brother. Go. Maybe with Maybe he could come and curse on the show again after we ask him specifically <sighs> not. See, see, this is this Wait. is what's this is what's frustrating. It's it it's the it's people like that that will sit there and they'll put in their two cents and suddenly because we don't agree with them right off the bat. Like I would love to be like, I keep saying a million times over, I want to know more. I'd like to know more. If there is more things out there going on, I want to see it, but I don't see it. It's not out there for us to see. If there was more things that he was doing, for example, if there, see this, that's the thing. As soon as we sit here and go, hey, here's an opposing side or here. OK, we hear you. We're now we're responding to that. That's the whole point of having a conversation. Right. It's not you come on, spit your knowledge and we're supposed to just sit there and go. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Everything you say is right. That's BS. That's BS. You know what I'm saying? Have a conversation. You know, and that's it. I'm not sitting here saying anything bad about it. But I'm going to tell you if I don't agree. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? Hey, it's all good. Uh, you know, it is what it is. People get people get sensitive about these things. I get it. But at the same time, like there's no reason to be sensitive about it. We can agree to disagree, my brothers and sisters. You know, there's no need for the beat. There's no need to be rude. You know what I mean? There's no read. There's no re. There's no need to be rude at all. But that's fine. You know, he came onto the show. He said what he had to say. Thank you for cursing. Moving on. Yeah, way to go. That'll be some extra editing we have to do now. Thanks a lot, Genghis. Hey, man, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But th that's the yeah. thing. There's there's a measure of there's a measure of a person you, you, that you got to see too. And there's there's a measure of of a person that's that's able to have an actual conversation and a person that's not willing to have a conversation at all. They just want to hear themselves talk. They want to get on their soapbox and hear themselves talk. We were just having a civil conversation. Didn't need to go into a left turn like that at all. Like uh, like John uh, Caitlin just said, it's OK to disagree. That's the whole point. If we wanted to. Uh, everyone to just call in and agree with us then or if we just wanted people to agree with us we wouldn't even be having the phone lines open like ever ever you know so it is what it is you know yeah that just shows the measure of the of the person that we're talking to and it's a damn yeah. shame because he was i he, guess genghis can't was, be trusted to call in anymore without cussing so he was making done with him the only thing is is he was making strong points we were just talking about it that's it yeah that's it. I want to know if 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 Trump is doing something more 
for the black community. Let, let me see that. Let me see that. And if he's doing this all, uh, if Trump is doing things, this is the, the question. If he's still watching or if he's unsubscribed and run, ran away, if he's still listening, this is the question I have for you, Genghis. If he really is doing things and having these meetings with, with the black community behind closed doors, how do you know about it? Is there proof? Is there actual proof? That's it. So it is what it is, you know, anyway. <laughs> oh, moving on. Oh, well. Um, anyway, I think it's that time to get going. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I appreciate everybody who calls in. You know, I appreciate everybody's opinion. Doesn't need to get sensitive at all. It really doesn't. Uh, Tom, Jack, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I really, really do. All yep. right. Yep. I really appreciate it. And uh, you want some birthdays? Oh, you want to do birthdays? I thought you had to. I thought you had to jump off. Yeah, we, uh, we've gone a little past. I got four minutes. We can take. Uh, we have five birthdays. We can do. All right, let's if do you, that. If, real if quick. you're interested, you want to turn the tables a little bit, you know, just. <laughs> up to you yeah no i'm down for it i'm you just shut it down or you i'm can... just i'm just queuing up the song i'm literally queuing up the song hey man like i don't shoot you know what i'm saying yeah we might have 18 people watching our show right now but wait for it wait for it, my people we used to only have one yeah we really did used to only have one shout out to james James Joseph, you know what I'm saying? He was literally our first viewer. And real talk, like he was the only one. It'd be like one or two people in there the entire time. So, hey, you know, we've made leaps and bounds as of that. Uh, and the thing is, is it's unfortunate. You know, people are. People are sensitive anyway. Huh? You have to shame us with our viewership. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Go help us. Go tell people. But see, but that's the thing. That shows the measure of the person that you're talking to. If you cannot have a real conversation and you got to throw out those low blow insults instead of just having an actual conversation, that says something about the person that you're talking to. There is, they only want an echo chamber. They do not want to have any uh, rebuttals or any thoughts bouncing back. They're not interested in opening their own minds. That's unfortunate. Moving on, we got to go into these. Uh, it's a birthday time. Birthday yes. And Jackie, who we got his birthdays. He's going to be describing the birthday, celebrity birthdays. Uh, and all you got to do is comment down below and let us know who you think they uh, he is describing. Let's see if you're smarter than me and Tom. All right. All 18 viewers right now. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Uh, so we have uh, from Los Angeles called 74 years old today. This uh, movie actor is a 1960s humorist uh, who built a career with Tommy Chong. Uh, oh, five, four, three, two, one. Cheech, Cheech Marin. Marin. Correct. Yes. Okay. Let me get this other one up here. Come on, Internet. From Chicago, Illinois, turning 78 years old today, this iconic actor whose memorable characters include Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Five, two, four, three, two, one. Harrison Ford. Correct. 
Harry Ford. All right. From uh, Detroit, Michigan, turning 51 years old today, a comedic actor and physician who is best known possibly for his role as Leslie Chow in the Hangover series. Oh, uh, Ken Jeong. Sorry. Well, five, four, five, three, three two, two, one. Too late. Ken Jeong. Okay. Uh, from Muirfield, England, turning 80 years old today, uh, this TV actor is best known as Captain Je- uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Ah. Mm. Yes. Uh, four, four, three, three two, two, one. one. Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Engage. Correct. All right. Make it and so. And for our last one for today, turning 38 oh, yeah. years old t- today from Bayamon, uh, Puerto Rico, we have this all-star MLB catcher who has helped lead the St. Louis Cardinals to World Series championships in 2006 and 2011. Oh, man. Um, Five, four, three, two, one. one. Yadi Armando. Yadi. Yadi. Yadi, yadi, yadi. 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 And that was a happy birthday, the celebrity birthdays. Happiest of birthdays to everybody who's out there. Even if you are not a celebrity, you are still a celebrity in our hearts. All right. So hopefully you guys are enjoying your day filled with birthday cakes and all that good stuff. Anyway, thank you, everybody, all of you guys for calling in today. We really do appreciate it, of course. Thank you, Jackie and Tommy, for coming yeah. on to the show today. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Nikki, you. for the donation. Yes. Oh. oh, yes. Nikki, thank you so much for the love. I really, we really, really appreciate that. Of course. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Perfect timing, too. That's outstanding. Because Genghis was like, you ain't ish. And then we got 20. (laughs) People need to call in and say we ain't ish on the show more often. And so that we can rack up on on the tips more often. You know what I mean? These super chats. Thank you. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You ain't ish. Anyway, we got to get going. Uh, Like I said, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for commenting down below. If you haven't done it yet, hit that subscribe button. And of course, I'll be on a little bit later on this evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, so be on the lookout for that. Anyway, we gotta go. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another, and I'll see you guys tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is the Pascal Show. Bye!